Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Space trash. Trash in space. Space trash. Lifestyles, the rich and your Space trash. Celebrities, they're trash, but the astrology can help us understand. Transmission incoming. <laughs> Greetings, Trashlings. Welcome to this very special Virgo Psycho edition of the Space mm-hmm. Trash Podcast. I am here with Virgo Mars Venus in the 11th house, Kira Thompson. She is... And, and a person who was introduced to me by my brother, Luke is best friends with Kira's brother. Mm-hmm. And now I told Luke last night, Kira has become one of my favorite thought partners. Thank you, COVID. Thank you, siblings. Welcome, Kira. Kira Thompson, everybody. So Kira's a pianist, a piano teacher. She has a crystal shop. Who, who are you? What should we know about you before we <laughs> dive in? Hi, everybody. Thank you for having me, Sarah. It's really wonderful to be here with you today. Uh, talking about some trash. Um, <laughs> yes, I, I am a pianist. I'm a musician. Uh, I'm a clarinet player. I sing. I play guitar. I'm a music teacher and music therapist. And I own a business called the Music Tree of Boston. We offer music lessons and music therapy services to families in their homes in the greater Boston area. And as a hobby, yes, I have a crystal shop in my home. You can buy crystals from me if you want. Well, you have a crystal shop and like you showed true. us some crystals on the Moonual last time that were literally making us fluffed. <laughs> uh, I appreciate that. I call it a hobby because most, if not everything of what I do on a daily basis has to do with music. So it's nice to actually say that I have a hobby. So maybe mm. that's why I, I say that. And I kind of see studying astrology and tarot as a hobby as well. Although I do have a long-term plan on how to use that in therapeutic practice. Well, and crystals too, I would imagine. Yes, absolutely. I mean, your whole chart is about transformation. Like True. this is a chart about transformation and it's a chart about, you know, your moon is a, wants freedom, right? Yes. So like 100%. the nodes at the moment are in Scorpio and Taurus. So that's your mm-hmm. first house and your seventh house. Lol. It's also like, I mean, she yeah. has a stacked first house. It doesn't start in yeah. Scorpio, but she has a stacked first house in Scorpio. So you're really going through an identity crisis, literally that changes day to day. Like, okay, Always. Whoops. but now it's happening on a deeper level where you're like, oh, there's like a pattern to the first part of my life's quote unquote rebirths. Whereas like now you're able to see it even from a deeper perspective and you're going, oh, there was still a part that wasn't dying. And now you're like, and. And it must, and I think, yeah, ready to shed, ready to shed in all like, day long, motherfuckers, in, in like a real, real way. It's like the same way, like if you don't mm-hmm. get your period on the early side, at a certain point, you're like, I'm dying for it. Like, give me my period. And then you get it, and you're like, oh. <laughs> 
okay and this sucks and you know whatever but it's like now you're like okay wait a second i've been like doing transformation almost like performatively and now it's like oh no i'm actually transforming and your moon is in the second house that's still the the scorpio taurus axis your nodes are in the second and the eighth house so like your chart Mm -hmm. is so super duper scorpio taurus in multiple layers in multiple ways and i feel like because the north nodes in your second house where also your south node is and your moon is with your uranus conjunct to your moon it's basically like mm, your whole life is about not only transforming and dying and, and being reborn but being like and i'm doing it totally fucking differently so as to free myself from this fucking heavy and so i feel like even yeah. the and also what is scorpio the psych and north node your north nodes in the eighth house in gemini so you're mm-hmm. kind of here to rewrite the psychic story of relationship and intimacy and I feel like the ability to connect that your family may have lost along the way somehow and I don't even really know right but it's like you're really here to be like hey let me be the leader that's very accurate awesome yeah 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 with my own personal experience as as an adult in in relationship and what I endured um, and had to live through growing up and seeing other people's relationships in my family, my parents, yep. you know, their partners, etc. You know, learning from other people's mistakes and then living through my own. There must have been a part of the, I, I imagine there must have been a part of you that really until your Saturn return and even the, even when Saturn was moving through Sagittarius, that there was, that was like the first maybe layer of awakening, which it is for everybody on some level, but where you were realizing like, oh, what I witnessed, I have, like, there might've been a part of you that had to play the role of at least stable or at least because there was chaos or because there were things in relationships that you were seeing that were unstable. So you had to actually, even as a Scorpio, which, which is transformational and wants to move and wants to die and be reborn, but you actually sort of had to stay static and be the bearer of everyone's intimacy of every like you were carrying the weight of the fallout of like what happens in relationships when you don't think about other people or when you don't actually be when you're not actually being responsible for like bondage and being bonded Mm -hmm. and then your moon on some level it was like the minute that I can fucking get out of this you're like I've got to get all the octuplets into daycare so that I can finally go back to Zumba is like basically your chart and then you go to Zumba <laughs> and you get back to Zumba and you're like oh Zumba actually doesn't cover it anymore I need like eat pray love I need like to get the fuck out of here and so I feel like now part of like the I guess all this to say the thing that I think the deeper level of breakthrough available is in recognizing where there are still any sort of linguistic like ways you're using language in the area of how you consider like how you make money, what you value, what your resources are. Like in this moment, you're being asked to like deepen your freedom. So it's basically like, in what ways am I actually making it seem like something isn't part of my vault or something isn't part of my wealth or my currency? I just think music is this like incredibly connective tool. You happen to be fluent in the language of it. Not only are you also fluent in the language of like spirit and intuition and all of the things that are applicable in terms of the felt talent of music but then it's also super technical all that virgo so you are really like realizing that we had beethoven on staff i was just sorry i apologize maybe more mozart like this is just in you you are the bomb i was just you're really talented and you really are here to like thank you continue to free yourself with 
your ability to transmute and then sort of like express intimacy while you're also like bragging. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You, you, uh, you just touched on, uh, uh, many areas of, of my chart and journey for sure. Um, my life has been all about transformation. Uh, and I only kind of realized this, uh, astrologically a couple years ago with my Pluto being at zero degrees Scorpio, right at the so beginning of my chart. Yeah. So I'd live and breathe for, uh, uh, live and breathe to die constantly. <laughs> so, um, and that's been my life, but, uh, thinking also, about my side Saturn note, return, that's the most Scorpio shit. Desi, Desi's a Scorpio moon. We all have Pluto and Scorpio, but Desi's a Scorpio moon. And she's like, I think I figured out what my motto is. She's like, what? Oh, now I'm going to fuck it up. But it was basically like, like I'm dying. I'm dying to live something like that like it's like dying so that I can live is like basically yeah whereas Scorpio I'm, I'm living to die so that's but it's the same thing it's the same thing because right. you have to you have to die either way what Scorpio recognizes is the no ending no beginning no ending no beginning no. but absolute chapters like this well, does well, have to die yeah I mean we all gotta go but uh with the Saturn return experience um in uh, just what you were kind of channeling there. Um, uh, for me, um, the two major life events were uh, my my grandmother's more sudden passing at mm-hmm. a younger age, and uh, and she like died in my arms. Um, with oh my, my God. grandfather and my uncle. So witnessing and experiencing death. And um, it wasn't like a peaceful experience either. It was devastating. My family were like screaming and crying. And my mom like came in like two minutes later and like didn't get to say goodbye and fighting and screaming. And it's like total oh fucking calamity. God. And there's that. And then the the end of my long-term relationship at that time, who I thought I was going to be with for my entire life, um, uh, my partner at the time who was significantly older than me and I was with him during my 20s and uh, was in like the stepmom role as well um, so that the ending of that relationship and then just two le- two years later or less he ended up passing so it oh was a lot my God. within like that that Saturn return period and in, in time um, during the Saturn return and then like the I don't know what you would call it. The aftermath. Well, I always think it's like, I always think, honestly, I think about it as like the first, the baby's first steps. Like, I don't know how to describe it in the way, but it's like, if you think about the Saturn return of like, sort of like your being realizing that you have um, agency, like things aren't just what they are, but you have experienced what you have. And maybe there's actually like, there's just more consciousness to work with after the mm-hmm. Saturn return but that yes. first, those first two years of being like whoa wait a second like I've been here before and I now can make a different choice or I can experience it differently I feel like that's what the the like Saturn return and the post year like after the Saturn return is about being like whoa yeah like, let me get my sea legs yeah so a lot of what I've also thought about too um because uh as you mentioned before this stellium of planets in Scorpio in my first house, which includes my son. Um, but in order is Pluto and then Saturn. 
and they're seven degrees apart. And I realized as I'm studying more intensely um, astrological transits and understanding the weight and severity of the Saturn-Pluto conjunction that we experienced in January of 2020. But you, that's you, know, you baby. <laughs> yeah. So the, the last Saturn-Pluto conjunction was just maybe a year or so before I was born. Um, it was in Libra. And also, I have to note, I've looked into this. Um, if I were born just a few hours prior, like maybe five hours earlier, then my Pluto would have been in Libra. So I'm really at like zero degrees. Wow. Pluto. Well, actually, I noticed that too. Yeah, because the Pluto is at zero. Yeah. At, it's zero. It's zero like zero in like one, one second. second. And yeah. Zero one second. It's yeah. really the yeah. moment that Pluto moves so, Scorpio. One of the reasons why I don't necessarily relate to like the millennial generation or like, but that happened maybe 12 months max before I was born, like within that year. So like during my gestation period, right? Mm -hmm. Like Saturn Pluto had just conjuncted in Libra. And then we just started this new cycle with the Saturn Pluto conjunction in Capricorn. And what did that bring? Well, we all know like a shit ton of fucking death, right? But before that, we're going through this learning experience as a collective of transformation and death within relationships so that whole time period of up until I was I don't know what age 36 or something I guess that's like the the cycle 36 37 or something yeah I personally experienced so many fucked up relationships whether I'm witnessing it it's in my family I'm seeing it like family friends then later as an adult my own just constant trauma through relationships and what it's supposed to be what it's not and also that does lead into our discussion today of the fucked up hammer family and okay, I, so I, that's why you were so on, scared watching this. One of, yeah, because one one of my many uh, relationship traumas uh, was enduring in my early 20s, being in a serious relationship, having a boyfriend who turned out to be a predator. So it, that's a whole story within and of itself. But so watching this docuseries was very challenging for me and very triggering so much so that I ended up like text bombing my most recent ex at like 1130 at night and then like called him in the middle of the night and woke him up and like ripped him five new assholes you know but if I had known what the 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 topic was really of this docuseries I probably would have opted out of watching it but But it's not your chart to make that choice unfortunately (laughs) you're right so of course um, you didn't know of course you wouldn't have opted in and yet Here you are not only having to carry the weight, but actually like apply your values to it, not only to lighten it up and set yourself free, but to actually create value. That's your chart. Mm -hmm. How do I, that's why you're, but that's like me. Well, lucky us, lucky us. We receive you here. Thank you for being here. We know it, but music is the essential connector of time. I mean, I don't, I think when we think about family astrology, we're thinking about, you know, like the hum of a family. We're thinking about the energies that are being, you know, like an album will have a feel. Each mm-hmm. each individual album of your favorite artists all do ha- like represent a different era. But families carry kind of like the one album. Vibration. It's, it's the album's vibration that mm-hmm. then 
tracks through charts. So like your family charts, but okay. So, right. So watching this documentary, you were like, Like, oh my God, this is like all too real because. Because people do this. Like it it seems so unreal. And like, I guess we do kind of have to say like what, what exactly went down in the docuseries. It's called House of Hammer. It's on Discovery Plus. You can do a seven day free trial through Amazon Prime. If you just want to watch that and then delete. Although I did watch. I forgot to cancel my subscription. So now I have discovery for another month. Okay. Then I they, highly recommend. They better got some good stuff on there. Okay. I'm actually, I hate to tell you, they have some great stuff on there. <laughs> I was going to cancel too. And I absolutely cannot. I have been <laughs> down the rabbit hole. I think discovery plus is doing some of the best work. All right. Well, you can make some recommendations because I got it for another month. Ken and Barbie killers. That's next. Okay. So yeah, and I've already looked at their charts. So much to discuss. Low, low, but, but it really is, but you're so right. Okay. So basically Casey Hammer, who is the aunt of Army Hammer, uh, who's an actor, who is an actor and an elegant, well-spoken woman appears on this preview that I saw a month before you heard it on the pod. I was like, wow. I thought I literally canceled our pod when I saw the commercial for it. I was like, Desi, I got to go watch. And it was just the preview. I actually understood marketing for the first time. I was like, oh, now I'm waiting for this. That's why you promote things in advance. Like I literally <laughs> did not get it until I wanted to watch House of Hammer. Okay. So, because she was so compelling, but she's like in the preview, it's like, I'm going to tell you the true story of the dark, twisted nature of the Hammer family. And I understand why Army's this way, because all the men in my family are monsters. And it's like, and Kira's right. Throughout three harrowing episodes, which we can sort of like walk through, break down the documentary. It's an unbelievable expose. And it's only the half. I actually bought Casey's book right when this was done. And it's this is this is modest. Mm, oh, I believe it. And I, and I would say that it is believable. And uh, unbelievable is, is just a, a, a word to, to use right. to describe how, uh, how asinine. Right. That's it, actually the right. The whole no. idea. Is right. What's a better word? There, it is there are these monsters that breed more monsters right. because of their behavior and their environment. And you're, it's just so shocking to actually see and witness how disgusting humans are. Well, actually, bottom line. No, you're so right. Actually, we should reframe that. And like, everybody should stop saying unbelievable. It's actually devastatingly believable is what it is. But, but it feels removed, but it actually is. I think part of it. Oh, fucked up doesn't No, you guys, it's fucked up. But also if you've experienced really fucked up shit, um, we don't mean to, I mean, it's why Molly, I think Molly's a classy person because she wouldn't watch anything like this because she's like, we should not be like sensationalizing, analyzing, uh, like doing anything that like feels like good with like these tragedies. Like she's like, I don't give a fuck about Gabby Petito's astrology. I don't give a fuck about the red flags. At the end of the day, these people lost their daughter and there's tons of people that experience all the time. And like, it's not, it's not like funny to her, which I a classy person. To me though, there is, I do recognize in myself, maybe it's a Gemini rising in me, but I recognize in myself and and Moon Mars eighth house, but the ability to explore, I'm interested in family dynamics in this way. And actually it's fascinating to me because right, even though it's unbelievable because it's really, really bad, it's actually believable. It's just really confronting and upsetting and devastating and salacious, but there's a part of me that now even recognizes like, oh, and I can understand how this became or how this may have started to become this way when the astrology then 
shows clues of patterns it becomes very material and it's like oh I can work with this story and I think that's where astrology and trauma sort of study and family karma study does have value and it's not just the like it's not just like the goss the expose expose whatever it's actually like this is a story about power I couldn't believe that Diana and Charles made a cameo and Nixon made a cameo I mean this is not just about the Hammer family and trauma isn't just about your family or family this is like a whole about a rich white man who ruled the world behind the scenes and bred really fucked up disturbing men (laughs) so we can begin at the beginning the first episode this starts with courtney talking about dating army hammer and talking about she's gonna say what she's been through i thought it was so ironic that her first line was like he he wasn't dressed like a frat boy because on rewatch last night i was like wow how ironic because this family is like worst case scenario frat boy like this is the this is like this is the pinnacle of frat boy behavior and like glorified frat boy behavior and protecting frat boy behavior on Mm -hmm. every level (laughs) like I do have to say also that like the the opening reminded me a lot of the Christian science docu series or documentary series that I tried watching a little bit and couldn't get through because it was boring Leah Romini one yeah yeah it was so boring it was so fucking boring I was like I want to watch this I want to like be involved that I want to get angry with you like who are these motherfuckers but like I just didn't care where is Shelly Miscavige where is Shelly she's been missing no that's all I want to fucking know where the fuck is Shelly I mean I believe that like whatever kind of cult shit they're doing is is weird but like know, but it the wasn't documentary was a bar it wasn't juicy enough hey discovery tv are you listening where we have a month so impress us the people have told you what we want please do I just paid 14.99 better. for my subscription for the next 28 days bring us down the rabbit hole we're open <laughs> we're open for that abuse us abuse us with these storylines okay so but but it reminded right, so, me of that so it basically opens with like here's what happened and then she's like he didn't look like a frat boy but then he owned me completely. It's like, at the very least, he's in the Cayman Islands selling timeshares right now, jerking off to like, yeah, I fucking did own you completely. Like, is there anything he likes more than this expose? Well, you know what? I think that he's probably really pissed because he's not going to be able to replay this role-playing kind of weird drama shit that he created in the same way. Because even if people are like throwing yes. themselves, women are throwing themselves and be like, yeah, motherfucker, tie me up. I went to Home Depot for you. I got that rope. I'm into it. <laughs> like he's not, he's not going to like that because the whole thing is like reenacting everything to the T, text bombing the women, uh, preying on them on Instagram, reaching out, um, going on and on about how, how beautiful they are and uh, how how much he would love to like take advantage of them fully and be in total control and then go into his fantasies. Oh, I have all these fantasies and I can see you fulfilling my fantasies. Can I share my, my, my secrets with you? I've never (laughs) told anyone this. And then going, uh, going through all these scenarios with different women, but doing the same thing, saying the same thing, using the same language, same kinds of actions, inviting them out to California, going on a road trip on his little fucking scooter, and then bringing them to Home Depot. Oops, all the rope is gone. Where did it go? He actually pre-bought all the rope. <laughs> he 
got it in his trunk. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's why he's probably not watching it because he's pissed. He's like, I can't do this anymore in the way that I want to. Well, it's not hot anymore. I, like, yeah, it's like, it's it was his whole, it was a whole like fantasy, weird Neptune shit. Like delusion. I feel like it is, ev- I, or at least I relate to the nightmare of like realizing that like something wasn't special. Like I, I hate the idea of realizing like the same motel, the same cowboy hat. Like he really, yeah. like that's such a good point. Like takes a Virgo, real Virgo recognized Virgo. Like the, the, he took meticulous care to create a routine create a serious routine and this character and this whole adventure that he took these women on as a way to methodically bring their guard down and then um and then and introduce them to his mother well f- no first he would introduce them to bdsm but because he made sure that they didn't know about it he would he would basically teach them that bdsm was this like abusive controlless thing, which it's actually not. He really, he was right. just basically using the language of BDSM and the mystery of BDSM with people that don't know about BDSM. Like if you literally, like, you could tell anybody anything, go like, oh, this is what it is. You go, oh, okay. You know, I mean, we're talking about astrology. Like this is language given to, anyway, it's like, you know, so these girls are like, oh, I guess it's just BDSM. And then you kind of go, okay, well, I guess it's normal. Or what's wrong with me thinking this is not normal. So you kind of get more and more, they got more and more into it. And then um, he would introduce them to his mother after they felt like morally degraded yeah. and abused. Yeah, and then to completely degrade them. them and abuse them and then introduce them to his mom. And then- Which makes don't... me think that mom was in on it, honestly. And then looking at the chart, so I'm going to jump there. Like, what the fuck, mom? I don't know if it was in like a preview for or something. At one point, I think it was Courtney said like, his mother said- my yes. son has demonic tendencies that that happened right oh I don't remember hearing that I just I remember her saying like when they were at dinner that mom said something that was really personal that she shouldn't have said at dinner with her like she shouldn't have heard it and she didn't say what it was but it was obvious what it was he's talking about his dad like talking shit about his dad and then mom all of a sudden says you should cut him some slack because blank and it's obvious that the blank later you can fill in that blank and it's obvious that because he was abused by his father sexually abused because then lady 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 (laughs) casey we are giving casey a lordship because she's been such a fucking boss bitch throughout this horrible family trauma yeah casey admits to that casey obviously well in the book she gets into it like they were all being sexually abused from the top down and they were sexually abusing other people and it was sort of like a regular occurrence can i do the rundown of the notes that i took on the chart please do can i share my screen please Please share your screen okay let me make sure i'm not showing you something weird you know what i'm saying all right i actually do know what you're saying Dude, one time, wait, get this, one time on a Zoom. I don't have any nudes pulled up, but still. One time on a Zoom, I had a photo, a photo booth picture, a pussy pick photo booth pickup, but it was so close up. No one even know what it was. No one even knew what it was. Was it yours? Oh, it was mine. They're like, what was that? I was like, oh, this is my dad's hat. Oh my God. That's fucking great. I have to say first, all right, that this documentary is about Army Hammer, right? Who's a total like revolting, Psychopath. psychotic, 
predator. Predator, 100%. highest degree, not a good dude. And it turns out, so were his, like his dad and his grandpa and his great grandpa and probably all everybody, right? They're, like, they they're, seem to be like- They're breeding predators. Like literally evil. Yes. Oh, like, yeah. Actually, like, like it was the first time I've been like, oh, through the blood. Yeah, like yeah. Oh, there is like, because usually I'm like, this is that evil. It's always just people that are, but and it's like, no, this is evil, evil yeah. shit. Yeah, yeah. So, and the, a lot of what's noted and what many of the women, the young women who are interviewed who were victims of this motherfucker claim that he wanted to own them and control them. And in fact, from their perspective, he did. And they were totally cool with it. And that was a big part of what he was trying to create over and over, owning someone to the point where they would not say no to anything even like him whipping out a knife and like literally cutting their skin so it's basically like raping people into consent yeah so that you could get out of saying it was non-consensual yeah so he wanted to own them he wanted to totally take control of their entire being and identity that was his goal and interestingly enough right so i'm watching this docu-series i finished it i think this was before I uh, ended up like text bombing and and calling my ex and ripping him a new asshole, right? So this was before that. I'm looking at all the charts. I'm going on astro.com. It's just supposed to say, it's so nice to have a friend. It's so nice to have a friend. I'm really on the same page. I'm really on the same page. I I get this. I'm willing to admit it. And I'll... I'll I'll uh I'll try to look at the humor in it um because it's embarrassing okay it's fucking embarrassing yes so, and <laughs> that's why we just share it we no, call it comedy we heal the planet it's, it's comedy baby <laughs> on a late Saturday night by myself for the material by myself <laughs> right so <laughs> so I pulled up these charts on astro.com and that's a, a great website and resource I've been using astro.com since I was at least 20 years old. And that was a long time ago, right? A long ass time ago. I started using astro.com when I was in college. And I remember going to the computer lab at New England Conservatory, right? I didn't have a fucking computer. I didn't have a cell phone. There were no smartphones, all right? Okay, so I went to the computer lab and I looked up my charts on astro.com. I went to the computer lab. I worked there too. Oh my God. I used to love the computer lab. Yeah. But that's when my, my, uh, my astro.com, uh, sign in started. What, what, what do we say? My natal, the, the, it was conceived. You were, this, the life of this chart was born. But, right. Okay. But that, right. Okay. That's when I was born on astro.com. But like, I don't know what you say. Like, I have a login. So, I'm not a member or whatever, but I have a login. So like all of my charts that I've ever looked up and saved, they're all there. And it starts with me. And then like my, one of my sisters and then my dad and my mom, right. and another one of my sisters, right. and then maybe like a few friends and then like a, a an ex or, you know, so but all, this the all exes. started my brother, like family, mm-hmm. friends, exes, it starts with me. I'm number one. And mm-hmm. I probably created that in like 2003 or 2004. Okay. So I watched the docuseries. I'm starting the spiral, right? I'm tired. Okay. <laughs> it's been a long day. It's been a long ass day. I went mm-hmm. for a run. I'm dehydrated. I'm thinking about everything. I'm thinking about this fool. 
I'm, I'm, I'm making plans. You know what I'm saying? Like Saturday I'm night trauma, spiraling, yeah. spiraling. This is before I text my ex. Okay. <laughs> so, um, and I deleted that whole text history too. So we can't go back and reread. Never um, but, um, so I look up all these, uh, these charts and I did that. And then the next day I realized, and, and I mentioned this to you, it occurred to me that I accidentally replaced Army Hammer's natal chart and his his chart info in my own, which had never happened before, ever, wait, ever, ever. Wait, I've been doing are this you since kidding 2003. Me? So all of a sudden, a day later, I realized that I replaced my own identity with Army Hammer's. Wait, that is? I've never even met this motherfucker. And he's fucking with my shit. Wait, wait, wait. And what's After really crazy. Wait, Kira, Almost 20 years. Kira, what happened when I told you about Army Hammer chart? I distinctly remembered a different chart. Oh, yeah. I actually described to you Chris Pine's chart, if you want to know the truth. So I'm not sure Dude, if he's a psycho yeah, you either. Mentioned but, that. And the, but, what you described, that's why I, I watched the show. I was like, oh, he's a he's a total fucking psycho, right? Like a and then like, house Virgo oh, by the way, by the way it was Chris Pine <laughs> yeah so if, if you had mentioned any other details about the docuseries I probably would have been like hey have fun watching oh I'm God. gonna choose not to watch it well so, he is still and a Virgo he is still a Virgo but yes. that's really interesting and the really funny thing is I went out to dinner um after I watched it right when I got home and I was looking up the charts and we, I was having dinner with a friend and we were talking about this other friend of ours. And I was like, I need to level with you. And I gave her this like huge, like warning because army. Yeah, Hammer you didn't chart, warn me. But I was, well, you didn't I was warn like, me, Sarah. well, not about the doc. No, I said army chart. I said army hammer chart is exactly like our friend fill in the blank. And she oh. might be like a secretly like harboring some secret family criminal activity. Then my friend went and watched the doc and she's like, oh my God, I cannot believe her chart is like army hammer doc chart i'm like i know it's like so well, scary okay. and then it was wrong and i'm like by the way it's chris pine i'm really sorry <laughs> well okay i'm gonna stop sharing for a second because if that that brings me back to something that i wanted to note when we first started talking about the hammer family and and correlating with astrological charts we're looking at the astrological charts of these people i want to call them motherfuckers but all right so they're humans but we're looking at these charts and we know they're fucked up. But the point is that we, when we look at the charts, we're, we know who these people are. We know what they did. They might be deceased now, etc. But just because you have a chart doesn't mean that you're going to end up a psycho predator, like, you know, sexual assaulter. Well, so we all have why, free will. Well, this is also why, like, it's it's a better practice to use astrology retrospectively instead like it, like you can use it for certain predictive things and you can use it to learn yourself and sort of understand the wave that you're riding on and sort of how to how to surf your own personal current or whatever but when it comes to like like that's why like even when you look at like your kids charts like you don't want to look at a chart and that's why we also don't like predict death in a chart because it's like there's obviously not only in every sign in every placement in every house in every you know uh like like geometrical transfiguration of the transits in in every chart there's light and dark uh ways of of describing the energy there's light and dark uh what's i'm looking for light and dark uh expressions of the Mm -hmm. energy and based on a million different things 
your life can look a million different ways. And anytime that you're getting a reading from anyone or anytime that you're reading charts yourself, you know, similar probably to even like the human body, like just know that there's no way for you to fully and totally know everything that's going on or everything that's that you're seeing that's why like the virgo pisces axis is about like virgo being exacting and literal and correct and and physical whereas you always have to have that pisces part too reminding you that there's a lot going on that you can't see the way that you see things isn't the the way overall that things are and so I, it's not yet yeah, right. Like don't, don't worry about transits in your chart being the same. And that means you're a psychopath or whatever. It means when we're looking at patterns and we're looking at storylines and we're looking at in retrospectively, what's going on with someone, this is actually a way to understand what is going inside in the human that is experiencing this inhumane behavior. Yeah. Well said. Thank you. Yes. Okay. Great. So, so uh, Army Hammer Senior is is the great grandfather and the namesake of Army Hammer, and his son, his only son, is Julian. Yes. Okay. First of all, Army Hammer Senior. He's got a Gemini stellium with Mercury in Taurus. Julian has a Taurus stellium with Mercury in Gemini. That was the first comparison that I noticed. We're looking at patterns within the family dynamics of their charts. Uh, if we're if, if this chart were accurate, if he was born at t- at 12 p.m., it it seems like it could very well be accurate because the sun would be conjunct with mi- the midhaven. Uh, he would have that stellium in his tenth house. That makes sense to me. Um, moon conjunct Pluto at 13 degrees. So it just so happened that at 12 p.m. that the moon was exactly conjunct there at 13 degrees. Uh, then. One of the um, the many patterns that I noticed between all four charts of uh, great grandfather, grandfather, father, and son. So these are four men that we're looking at. Um, one of the patterns uh, was the the stellium um, that I mentioned, and then the first thing that I noticed was the the Uranus Sun or Uranus Moon opposition. So three out of four of these guys have a Uranus transit where it's opposing Chiron or conjunct Chiron. And I thought that was really fascinating. Then three out of four of them have Saturn and Sagittarius. Then the one other pattern that I noticed between all of them, three out of four of them have Moon and Gemini. So I thought that was interesting, especially after reading something in the Aaron Sullivan book uh, just before we signed on, um, talking about uh, patterns in uh, family dynamics. Um between family members, if you have the same aspects, like the same moon, the same rising, same sun, that um, it actually uh, brings out conflict. And I'll just read something that um, Aaron Sullivan writes here, um, because I just thought it was so interesting and like reflecting on my own family too. Yeah. Um, uh, Sign patterns include the same planet and same sign phenomenon, the most common shared among Entire families are the sun and moon, but there can be a thread, say, of Mars and Capricorn or Venus and Libra, etc. Naturally, the personal planets in the same sign imply that the birthdays are within a couple of months of each other, if not the same month. And this, too, is not uncommon in family lines. Um, later, she notes this: uh, these aspects um, 
do not indicate much compatibility when, uh, oh, sorry, I'm, I'm skipping ahead. Um, same planets can be felt as an insult, an intrusion or a transgression of boundaries which establish uniqueness. The astrological similarity is often felt as too close, too intimate, too invasive. It's wow. different when friends have planets in the same place. In that case, the similarity is familial and creates a safe place but in families, the blood tie can bring an irrational fear of loss of identity into the relationship and a struggle for separation ensues. Wow. This I thought is that was so really fascinating. Thinking about this in terms yeah. of moon in Gemini specifically. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So moon in Gemini, three out of four of them. Um, who does not have the moon in Gemini? It's uh, Julian. And where's so Julian's the, moon? the grandfather, his where's moon. moon? Uh, is in Aries. Aries and it's conjunct his Venus. Another aspect that I thought was interesting in his, I mean, I'm, bu- I'm bouncing around because I'm looking Feel at the Feel free, chart. get it all out. Okay, great. So first thing I saw in Julian's chart, the grandfather um, is this grand trine between the moon and Neptune and Saturn. Um, and what I noted is th- this grand trine and with Venus and the moon together conjunct. So it could speak to the illusion or deception between his father and mother. I was his just going to say that. And, and, and how, how disconnected he, he felt. Wasn't he his own his, son. Well, and he loved his mother, but he had to like completely disconnect. Sorry, say that, yeah. what, you, say that what you just said again. Oh, that was exactly right. It, it was noted in the docuseries that, um, that Armand Hammer Sr. refused to admit and acknowledge that Julian was his own son and actually force his mother to take a paternity test to prove it, which I think is really weird, um, considering what he was building. Like, wouldn't he want a fucking son? So there is something happening there. Wow, you're so smart, Kira. Like, whoa, what Thank you. good thinking all around. So that stood out to me because Julian really felt, I mean, it seems like he felt like the black sheep. He was not accepted by his father. Eventually he, he moved to the States, but, and he like lived off of his coattails and then became this weird, like weird disco sex addict and right. like didn't do anything but party and young women to his home and like sexually abused his own children. Like what the fuck was he doing with his life? So like he had like, he had it easy in many ways. He had it really handed to him in many ways, but there was this emotional aspect of like not being accepted by his father. 29 degrees Sagittarius in the fourth house here uh, probably isn't accurate, but I mean, that kind of makes sense. You know, that hard aspect in the fourth house in the home, but then this whole grand trine happening, like there's a lot of fluidity there between these planets there's a lot of energy happening that's very very easy so to speak but what about it was easy I mean these are all fire signs there's like the mom and the dad in in this trine and then with Neptune on the other side of it I mean it really to me seems to speak to what was noted in the docuseries of that weird clash between his his mom who was Russian and he was born in Russia. And then Ar- Arm and Hammer had this weird secret 
like alliance with the Russian government and was actually a spy. I mean, there's so much there. Few initial thoughts. It's I, mean, I can is, send you my notes too. Send me your like, notes. I send just your notes, please do. Noted them last night. But the first thing I notice is I actually think I can double check. I think I actually have a time for some of them, but. What's oh, interesting okay. is even with within this chart at the noontime, having all of that ninth house, like he has a ninth house stellium that is the Sagittarius house, that is the house of being like up, up and away, disconnected. So not only is he from another place and, and for some reason was meant to like, even though it's deeply like enmeshed with his parents, it's still somehow far away from you know, fourth house Saturn, what actually feels like home like this, because Mm -hmm. he was rejected by his father for whatever reason. And because he felt so weird and longing for, but then also kept from his mother, it's like he had to do his own ninth house work. And like, literally, like, I get where his moon and his Venus in Aries and that ninth house really do have him always just like, almost like escaping or expanding or partying for the sake of expressing himself but I also think there was a specifically gay undertone in his story as well and there was a specifically Mm -hmm. there was a specifically like because like it's interesting right what you said is so smart right hypothetically why wouldn't Armand Hammer want to have a child he was building a billion dollar empire and I think you're right he did continue to have ties with Russia, maybe he actually had other plans for Julian on some level. And like, because he really was like a shady dude, like Armand Hammer was as evil genius as it gets. Like he just really, yeah, it was, he did the thing. He, he, right. He came a billionaire and sold his whole, like, yeah, he, he was asked by one of his kids or grandkids, like uh, at one point, like it's noted in the docuseries, like what, you know, hey, grandpa, like, you know, why, why aren't you president? Like, do you want to be president? And he just laughed. And he's like, there's not enough power in that position. He says something like that. Well, and it's like, there's not enough power. Yeah, he said, I wouldn't have enough power. Yeah, if I was president, something along those lines. Well, and so that's the thing, right? So it's like, and I think that the, the only he was more powerful than the president. The only Gemini that Julian has in his chart is his Mercury. So it's almost like Julian is showing the first generation of the product of, I think, I mean, the product of Armand, you know, whatever, you can call it whatever you want, whether it's like greed. I think that Armand Hammer Sr., zero degree son in Gemini, he's sort of there writing a new story, but he was born on a new moon in Gemini, conjunct Pluto, right? Mm-hmm. So basically, like my story now, like I actually did try to find the birth chart of Julius. So Armand Hammer, they touch on it a little bit. Armand Hammer's father is Julius Hammer, who was a communist... He was a, a Russian communist who came to the United States, basically founded the American Communist Party. He then, I think like, I have to remember, but I think Armand like maybe not like disowned him, but he basically like, you know, he's obviously a capitalist. He's not a communist. Like he, he sort of like tried to separate himself from Russia and his father and from his, his, you know, baby mama who was Russian. So there could be something there where there was actually more like, I, I'd have to rewatch and look at the notes, but I couldn't find Julius's birth 
info at all he mm. was too old I guess but it's like yeah. it actually starts with this like immigrant story and it was someone who hypothetically was a part of the communist party who um tried to raise his son as a politician or as like a political influence and his son went the way of capitalism which okay new story capitalism it's sort of like you know the turn of the century he is the story of capitalism right he's coming out of that his his mercury arm and hammond senior's mercury is in tar so he's thinking about money he's thinking in terms of value and and sort of slow building power but ultimately he's here to be like we're not fucking immigrants. We're not fucking communists. We're not fucking Russian. We're American business people. And he, he took, it took him a couple of different wives to get enough money to actually buy a petroleum company, which is what he did. But he did have a life with a wife in Russia that he Mm -hmm. then like, I think it's because, but I think it's money. I think it's basically like Armand Hammer was basically like with all that Pluto, like he basically was trying on different storylines for size. And so he does have this part of him that is, a Russian, literally a Russian person with a Russian child and a Russian wife and a Russian communist father. But he went, you know, marriage after marriage until he found Francis who had enough money for him to really like become American power. And so that's when he changed his image totally. Pluto conjunct that new moon. It's like, he is the new evolution of, and he really is like a a modern, he's a first generation, like super capitalist, right? And I think that the flip of the stelliums is basically showing where one, where one's head was and who they, you know, became as a result is exactly like flipped with like, so, so. So Julian has to really not only create his own identity, fend for himself, et cetera, feel disconnected and like he's always expanding, but then he has his Mercury in Gemini. So he's basically telling us the story of this is what happens when you grow up in that side of the story. He was crazy. Let's talk about the chart of Army Hammer. Fourth generation Hammer billionaire. There's a Hammer Museum in Los Angeles. There's a Hammer Mausoleum where Marilyn Monroe is buried. Like these are like super LA old money i've been i get into it i get into the story gemini gem i get into the story right so this is a gemini story unfortunately but let's learn let's learn the other side of the story from the gemini perspective okay so yeah it is a gemini story it is it is it is it is story so army hammer is a let's start with his moon he is a 12th house the pisces house the unconscious house gemini moon conjunct his Lilith conjunct to the exact degree. And I have this too, but he has an exact Lilith Chiron conjunction, but it's on his moon in the 12th house. So this is somebody who, my initial reaction to that is like, he is driven by, when we're talking about family astrology and karmic astrology, the 12th house is really like your ancestors. That's like your family line that you are like inexplicably interlaced with connected to and you might not even have proof or know why but it just is this spiritual download that you are that you're constantly receiving and have to become conscious of army has his soul his moon his relationship to nurturing his relationship to care to his mother to to maternal energy in general his Lilith, when I look at Lilith in men and women's charts, I sort of think of it differently. So it's almost like, because it's a man's chart, it's like his connection to the mother. Maybe his perception. Well, it's like his perception is wounded around 
the wild woman. So he actually, for some reason on an unconscious level, wants to like dominate in men's charts. I tend to think of it's like somewhere where like almost like you have a blind spot where you're like so afraid of women. You're so or is it like afraid reason- of women or is it afraid of expressive women or women who demand independence? The whole storyline, this whole story is about control. And these like short, white, yeah. I mean, Army was is the hottest of all of them. They locked out with the movie star at the end because honestly, Michael always looks sunburned and he's sweaty. He's like, <laughs> you know, and Armand was like four foot tall julian was a weirdo like army is is the only one of them that had a shot in, in which which okay harkens back yeah because who that was, evangelica libra came came through right but like who was who was armin's first wife who's julian's mother olga von slot whatever she was like actually a, a performer she was a singer and the only reason that then when he came to america armand hamber was able to even invest in occidental petroleum was that he married francis who had money all of this is about women yeah and the absolute it's hard to explain. It's just, it's such a wounded masculine energy, like needing to prove or needing to dominate when really they would be shit without women which is honestly like and so it goes and so it goes right but when i look at army hammer Shard, yeah. it's like he has like a desire to suppress that yeah it could be the, just like the express loud woman i also think of it as like the the sexually selfish woman right so like his whole thing is opposing that which is like you're gonna get like army hammer they're they're like airing out his dirty laundry they're reading the dms why didn't he have he also had a finsta that was open but like why was he dming just from his army this is a this is like serial killers wanting to get caught you know like what both of those women said what Paige and courtney both say in the documentary is like he actually was evil (laughs) and it's like oh shit at a certain point i think I get where, like, we should look at where Lucifer is in his sharp. It's like, I get where the devil would mm-hmm. want to, like, be known for it. You know, like, it is like, what what is he doing? You know? Yeah. You know, I think, and uh, the chart that I had pulled up, I had it at noon. And so, like, you have it at a different time here, right? So this is his birthday, right? a.m. So, yeah. Okay. So I, I hadn't looked at this exact chart yet, but now seeing moon and is that, you would call that Lilith? Would you, is it technically Black Moon Lilith? Yeah, so this would be Black okay. Moon Lilith Chiron. And right on Chiron. But then it's so, still 10 degrees away from, so kind of like your chart, he's a 29 degree Gemini. He, so he is finishing this Gemini story, hopefully. Yeah, so, but with those points in the 12th house, I mean, that that really is is saying a lot. Um, with him being a 29 degree rising Gemini and Lilith and Chiron conjunct there together with the moon. That's a lot of uh, wounded feminine energy within the subconscious. Right. And it makes me wonder what may have happened in early childhood. You know, like why, why, we have to think like psychologically there's a reason why he is who he is now and why he has these um compulsive obsessive 
uh, psychotic tendencies to want to eat women. Um, that's weird. That's fucking weird. So well, where did that like, come from? Well, there's, but, it, it, well, it's so interesting because we'll get to it, but it's like he and Michael, his father's chart are, they're not identical, but I think one of the things when we look for in, in family astrology is like the larger pattern going on. So similar to like when you have a new moon, you could track the cycle of the unfolding of the moon and then the full moon and then the, you know, the lessening of the light of the moon and then the the darkening of the moon or whatever, right? Like you could go through it. So when you look at family stories and especially like this is very pronounced Gemini bullshit, right? Because it starts with Armand, who's a new moon in Gemini. New moon in Gemini with moon conjunct Pluto. Right. Starting up like Within revolutionizing a story, like re- like coming up from the grave. Yeah. Like, like devil <laughs> taking over. All, all in the 11th house. Right. Like public sphere. Mm-hmm. And like the the family, the larger family, right? So yeah. then you have his son. We're, we'll get into it in more detail, but it's like you have his son. Oh, I guess we talked about it too. I can listen back because sometimes I overdo it because I forget that we already have a lot of stuff done. But it's like, so then you have his son, Julian, who only has his Mercury in Gemini. He's basically living out, speaking for the the product of this kind of storyline right he was basically like in many ways julian was the antithesis of his father julian was the biggest problem julian actually killed his friend on his 26th birthday over a gambling debt julian was motherfucking cray cray he was a horrible father he was a horrible lover he was a genuinely bad dude and his son michael he was also wasn't he um, like in the closet. Well, that's what I thought a huge piece of it was that like in the documentary, that was a big part of it that, that one of the wives recalled, he was like blacked out, taking, like, taking her to a, to a gay bar, bar drove them to a yeah. gay bar. And then he, basically he just like went in and flirted. Yeah, and then became enraged when she got a ride home from someone. Right, like obviously gay and not allowed to be gay. But the whole thing about Julian Sharp, and we can get into that next, but he was really rejected. He was rejected. He was rejected even to the last moment in the will. And Michael, who was the Gemini moon protege of the grandfather, but Michael's son is square his moon. So Michael's a Virgo son square his moon so he is continuing the story he's the he's the the sort of what am i first act the first quarter of the story so now instead of there being a total harmony between armand and armand going you are the fucking man man it's actually michael being like my father couldn't handle this i know what to do papa right and no i think armand hammer and michael hammer actually had I think they had a good relationship. I think unlike anyone yeah, else, there, but I, I think they really got it right. But it also seems like the the way that it's all uh, conveyed in the docu-series, this is just from what we know in the docu-series, right? It's uh, Michael Hammer, who's the grandson of Armand Hammer Sr., seemed to really have manipulated his grandfather. 
he he wasn't interested in anything. He was partying his ass off even harder than than his weirdo dad. But that was the whole thing. And it almost seemed like they were all. It, it felt like Michael and Julian were competing for who was the actual son of Armand. Was sort of the vibe I got. I think that once once Michael realized that like he was going to be taking over this estate. He started taking taking it more seriously in wanting to show his grandfather that he was taking it seriously. Mm-hmm. And that's when he pursued his wife, Drew. They and, met on an airplane. Oh, yeah. I think I remember that story. They like yeah, randomly and he was, met on a like, plane and he was like, I'm reformed after this one plane ride. I came to Jesus. Yeah. And apparently she was completely different than all the other millions of girlfriends that he had. So it was all for show and to get his grandfather's money. And then once he was successful in that, by the way, like they say the will was changed in the end four months before Arm and Hammer passed. And it was also declared that he uh, um, converted to Christianity, which like shocked the entire community. Well, and actually it seems like it was sort of a money grab in the end by the Drew Ann Mobley family and and Michael. Um, yeah. Because actually, Armand wasn't planning on dying that week. And he was set to have... So so one of the podcasts I was listening to was saying that Armand Hammer, you know, he was the son of the... Like, one of the first... Basically, Julius Hammer was the father of the American Communist Party. And he was a a, a communist sort of um, rabble rouser in Russia. And he created really powerful relationships with the leaders. And like, I don't know, I think it was, I like literally feel like an idiot, but I'm like, was it Stalin or Lenin? And I'm like, could that be right? But it's like one of them, I'll find out exactly which one, but one of them made a comment about Armand Hammer that, and, and he was actually apparently named Julius Hammer named Armand Hammer, not after the baking soda company, after the communist party emblem. And, right. and so, so then I, I, I think it was Stalin said about Armand Hammer, he's the, the, the favorite capitalist of the communist party or something like that. So mm-hmm. And we were talking too about like, why did he really disown Julian? Why didn't he want to claim Julian on his own? I, I actually stand by my theory after watching more and listening to more. I think he wanted Julian to be a part of his Russian, like this dude, Armand Hammer Sr., not Army Hammer, Armand Hammer Sr., the great grandfather, was the dirtiest of dirty politicians. And like he paid for the Watergate scandal to be covered up. He was he was one of the few rulers of the world behind he, the scenes. Literal, like when you're talking about the Illuminati, you're literally talking about just arm and hammer. Like this dude paid for everything. And when Julian did commit murder, arm and hammer just paid to have it taken care of. But he wouldn't trust yeah. his son with the money. I think Michael Hammer was like, not only can I out party my dad, but I'm going to I can convince my grandfather my grandfather that yeah and that like on <laughs> my personal opinion like that was uh another tragedy to this generational story that like this man built this empire and okay like there are so many horrible things that happened but if you look at it as 
uh, a business and an accomplishment and the success of one person. And I, I mean, and then the, his grandson ruining it all and giving all the money to evangelical churches. I mean, it's so bad uh, as a Russian Jew. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I just can't it's like so bad. that just that seems like such a tragedy and just in and of itself, like, and and there's so much tragedy in this fucked up story, but that I was like, Oh my God, what the fuck? Michael Hammer, like this disgusting prick, like manipulating his grandfather. And they didn't, they don't even know. they, They didn't even say how he died. So then there's this question mark of like, well, what happened? So he had like he signed this mysterious will saying, "Oh, I'm Christian now," and uh, Michael Hammer I'm gets all now, my I'm, money. Right, Michael Hammer gets all my money, and I'm writing my my one child and my granddaughter out of it. Yeah, and then he dies four months later. How did he die? What, did we look this up? Actually, that's a great question. I think like wait, let's look it up right now. I feel like they said it in the doc. How did Armand I Hammer? I don't remember die? it being noted. Let's just see. Let's just see. Uh, Hammer died of bone marrow cancer. Well, okay. I mean, look, at the end of the day, it sounds like these people are cannibals. If somebody orders bone marrow, it seems like the 92-year-old great-grandfather is the first fucking best one to go. That fucking bone marrow has been marinating, and they spread it on some crackers and had it with a nice Chianti. (laughs) Dark, dark. Gross. Gross. Okay, so in the Casey Hammer book, the book Surviving My Birthright, written by Casey Hammer, whose birthday is suspiciously unfindable. I don't think it's a coincidence. I think she's like, nobody gets to tread on me in any way. Like, nobody knows anything. Like, like people are going to know what I tell them and that's it. Like, I think she's, she must be shook. The fact that she even had it in her to be brave enough, not only to write, but then to publish this memoir is like, she is like she is brass balls badass like oh my god yeah. this woman i totally get where she, she should have all public records wiped like they should not barely be able to touched find her. on any of it in the docuseries right so she just had it all in the book well because the docuseries is sort of the story of the armin family it's not the casey hammer story you know yeah. so basically what she says about did her father sexually abuse her in the documentary which she just says Yes. And I never say more. She goes into that more in the book. So she basically says, I'm paraphrasing, but she says, that's also all I've ever told myself about what I've experienced with my father, because I made a decision as a kid to dissociate from that. And like, there's just something about always wanting my father to save me and not wanting to process the fact that he did what he did. But Michael raped me yeah. all the time. <laughs> Michael was raping me all the oh, time. And Michael Jesus was right. Like, and so, so yeah, I don't mean to be so casual that I could, if I keep it on the pod, I'll say it. And well, damn I, it. How I do I like, deliver that information? I, I, how do didn't I, even, like, I, I know, that, I know. That didn't even cross my mind that that was like an option. It was sort of on my mind because, because, Kate, because in the terrible. documentary, Casey talks so much about like how sick uh, her, her brother was and how like they had evil in their, like, I don't even know how to describe it, but it's like, that like she would look at them in the eye to try to like create some con- they're just sociopaths like she would try to create a connection or try to create some sense of like belonging or understanding or just to get on the same page on any level and that they were all just like like just 
dead in the eyes, like had no feeling, had no soul, had no sense of, but I think like when I, in the documentary, I I hear more about it, you know, I, I feel like Julian and Michael were competitive with each other. And I think that, that, Julian and even in within like the family chart so we can look at the other two but I think that Julian was the son that Armand never wanted he wasn't going to be with Olga because she was you know in this Russia she was in Soviet Union or whatever and he needed he needed he I'm telling you he's like the Epstein of our time he needed like a Gislaine he needed someone so Francis whoever Francis was was this Gislaine and she just became the the brass knuckle funding his businesses ride or die bitch. And in the book, Casey says the only time that she ever saw her grandfather convey any, any sense of emotion was when Francis died at the funeral. He was like wailing over her body. Like he was inconsolable. What did, what's your thought? My thought about Casey and then uh, reading the letter that her brother wrote to her saying yes. like, these are lies and you better take them back. But like, she didn't say no, she didn't. what she was talking about, but like that. Oh, right, right. That's what it was. I think that is just one example of how many layers to this story and family there are that are just so horrific that you, you, you wouldn't even think and I feel like the relationship between Michael and Army, it's interesting. That's the only family that we haven't heard anything about. Which one? His, his we family? We don't know what happened in the in the house of Michael, Army, and Drew Ann Mobley, and Victor, right. the brother. Okay, so that's, that's what brings me back to this 12th house stuff that we're looking at in Army's chart. Moon, Lilith, Chiron. So I'm, I'm thinking a lot about that subconsciously maybe there is something that happened in early childhood having to do with mom or something that was witnessed to women, you know, maybe something that his father was doing that he witnessed either. It was like something that was oh done God, to him was or something that throne. he saw. Maybe he saw the sex throne. There's something going on there where it's, it's subconscious and it might not even be something that he's aware of or a memory that he has, but it it has affected his entire life. And it could either be from something in early childhood or and or also generational. So like, you know, all that Gemini energy coming from from the, the father, the grandfather, the great grandfather. But then another thing that I thought of is just looking at like progressively or like with solar arcs or, you know, it's like if you use the solar arc directions you you bring the sun forward one degree for every year of age i'm going to pull up his progress chart well i was just looking we could do that but i was just looking at the sun at four degrees and then it would have overlapped Pallas athena at age 14 oh my god you're so smart i cannot believe you just did that in your head well, I mean, it's right there. Like they're no, they're so close to each so other. Smart. So like, I you're was right, just thinking though. like, what's so happening? Smart. Like subconsciously, there's a lot of like feminine, wounded, healing shit happening in the chart. That's like ve- very prominent that we can see immediately. And mm-hmm. then what else? Like what what happened that might 
you know, my go-to is what happened to early childhood that he's not remembering. And then how many, how many degrees away are other planets from the sun and Pallas Athena happens to be closest to the sun. And at age right, so 14, like- something must've went down where like maybe a woman was aggressive towards him, or maybe that was when his first predatory act happened against a woman it's interesting too because if you look at the degrees and you think in terms of like storyline the moon like so when you look at degrees in the chart you can also think of them like on first brush you can kind of think of it as like the age in a person's life where the energy is it's almost like ripened right not that it ever goes away or that the karmic cycle doesn't continue the lemon tree is going to keep growing lemons but it's that first experience of it's alignment and this tree that I grew, right? So his moon, he comes to know himself connected to the mother connected to his soul at 15. Then, right, this, I see like the 14 degree line in the fourth house in Virgo, then having Athena being the first part of his chart, right? Like as the sun moves, Athena is going to be the first part of his chart. So like, yeah, the minute that he came into puberty or whatever, he had an experience that changed his perspective on what perfect meant, what at home meant, what, what we do with bodies. There's a question about what we do with bodies here, I feel. And then it also is interesting that he has, I mean, I don't really use the part of fortune that much, but he has a lot of exact conjunctions. So not only does he have Lilith and Chiron exactly conjunct, he has his palace Athena exactly conjunct his part of fortune in the fourth house. So on some level, I think that what he was learning is like his part of the way that he feels at home, his worth, his experience of nurturing himself is related to, I almost feel like, having like a switch in the thinking of the way that you view the feminine and then like allowing like 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 I I get where this Athena and and uh part of fortune conjunction right at the beginning of the fourth house gets him to re- like or makes him feel like oh wait a second like like we can control women or women have control over me, or there's a control in the body that actually is comforting or that actually is, who knows, maybe his mom just kept the door open while she was shaving her pussy. We literally don't know, but it's like, it could have yeah, been something some, where he just witnessed. Something like, that had to do with mom. The for mommy sure. thing, right, a yeah, mental there's, shift. there's some weird mommy shit happening. And especially because we see in the docuseries that his whole role playing with the women that he would prey upon on Instagram and he would, bring them into this situation where he was replaying the same scenarios with all these women and inevitably. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too. Like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When he gets them to a certain place where he has broken them for the first time officially in the way that he feels most sufficient, then days later he introduces them to mommy. So there's something going on there. Wow, that's you can see it so in the chart. And- interesting. Yo. Right. Well, and I knew I heard that somewhere. So I looked it up. Page six confirmed Paige Lorenz. It was not, it was not, uh, what's it? Courtney. It was Paige Lorenz who said, because she kind of like, it was like a, she said it in like a, the sort of the back of her throat. It was like a throwaway line. But I remember she was like, yeah, and I met his mom and she was just like, Again, like she talks like so like casual valley girl. She's like, yeah, I met his mom. And she was like, my son has demonic tendencies or like something like that. And I was like, er? and then page six did confirm. I found the article. But yeah, yeah, it's like there's some very interesting. Contr- I mean, even if we think about who Drew Ann Mobley is, the yeah, we could pull up her chart too. a conniving Libra. Abs- a, a, a conniving, beautiful Libra, dangerous, right? She on an airplane ride convinced a Jewish billionaire to, to reform his life and marry her. Like what? But again, though, this is another one of those power marriages, the same that Armand had with Francis that Julian never seemed to really have. Like, it seemed like army. It seemed like Casey and Michael's mother was more of a normie. Hmm. Like, I feel like Armand and Michael both felt they married up on some level, or they felt that they were marrying into a family that they could use or that they could expand their lives with. Whereas I believe the story with Michael and with no, with Julian and Casey and Michael's mom is that like they, he was like vacationing into Tulum or something, Tahiti, and he met this woman and like they had a love affair on the island and like within weeks they were married. So she was just like some lady. And I do think ultimately it is like a gay thing. It is like a, a repression thing. But yeah. either way, I think it's interesting because I think Julian was so rebellious. And I think Michael actually was raised that way and then didn't heal his trauma and then just raised his son that way. And so, you know, there's hope for Ford Hammer yet because this is the biggest interception that God could throw in this family's life. I mean, I wonder, like you said earlier that like this is a Gemini story and now we're looking at the great grandson where he's got 29 degree Gemini rising and he right. might be ending the story. Yes. And so his grandfather was, wow, wait, that's so interesting, right? Because let's think back though. His grandfather was a zero degree Gemini son. And now he's a four degree. So it's right at the beginning of Virgo. It is like the next evolution of that story. Yeah. Whoa. And, but um, I, I would like to think that the, a positive coming out of this with the docuseries and all that would that it would be the end of of that generational 
trauma in, you know, that's just wishful thinking. But um, rich white men usually come out on top. So well, but here's the thing, though, that's the truth. But in this case, I feel like because the story is just out there at the end of the day, like whether or not army is savable, I don't know. At 38, you know, I think you and I both could say there are no, certain I mean, he's not that, like, savable. No, he's not he's, savable. He's like, total... I'm going to do what I'm going to do. You're going to do what you're going to do. He's not in total rehab psycho. because he's just trying to save face, but he's a psycho. A thousand percent. Yeah. But, any, anything that says otherwise is just from his publicist trying to save his career. The last thing I'll say about army is you want to just take note that his moon and his Chiron and his Lilith and all of that, you know, and his rising are square his sun, right? So they're not actually square by declination because it's a low degree and these are late degrees. But but I think of it, I think of those signs as square, right? So there's sort of like two battling mercurial energies, right? So Army's a Gemini rising. That means his chart ruler is Mercury. Where's Mercury in his chart? In the Gemini third house, but it's at a late degree, of Leo. So that's where it's sort of like, you know, sun at four degrees Virgo in the third house. He appears to be the Winklevoss twins and perfect. And in fact, once you get to know him, like he's fucking crazy, you know, like it's sort of like deep underneath that perfect exterior. He's hiding, you know, a a myriad of it's Pandora's box under here, you know, like he sort of is carrying the stories, the way that Julian was carrying the story, the Gemini story, I feel like army is carrying the the hubris the baggage the the performance of this like hammer man identity right they must have the yeah. small sticks ever like what are what do they need all this for? But, oh my you know, god you know what i just noticed too i didn't have the asteroids up when i pulled up these charts i just noticed that his saturn and juno are exactly conjunct at three degrees wait, that's and, very interesting and wait check this out even more they're actually closer conjunct. So he has a, a bunch of these exact like conjunctions. This is the closest. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. So how do you, how do, so this is, well, and Juno, it's in the Virgo house and it's in the sixth Virgo house. Yeah. The, Juno being seen traditionally and mythologically as the good wife, right on top of Saturn representing the father. I find that very interesting in the house of service. So not only is he one of three Gemini moons in this story. Squaring his son too, by the way. Right. And he's one of three. They all have Saturn in Sagittarius opposite their moons. So this is like this Three out of four. Three out of four. Three out of four. And it's interesting too, because when you look at like karmic astrology, family astrology, although I did start to read the Aaron Sullivan book and now I'm like, wow, I take it all back. Like, that's that's a not even a nuanced way to look at this. I don't want to gender categorize or mother father, but traditionally or in the way that I've learned it so far and I haven't, we're going to get into the book, we're going to book club it. But yeah, it's like we would think of the relationship between the moon and Saturn as a relationship between the mother and the father, as a relationship between the feminine and the masculine, the you know, the ethereal and the structure, right? It also is related to the the Virgo and the Pisces axis. Pisces being that ethereal, feminine, anything, water goes, amorphous, everything versus Virgo, which is like, what are the rules? Where is my sex throne? So <laughs> army, spe- army specifically has 
Saturn with his wife in the sixth house. So, so here's what I think. I guess I think the difference between Army Hammer and Michael Hammer, because and then I want to look at their charts. Their charts are similar. But I think the difference is because of the generational separation of that like original consciousness that created, like I believe it was Armin. So Armin did have this love affair with Francis and she she paid for everything and that was his sugar mama. But he also had multiple mistresses and affairs and he had so much control over them that one of them got busted oh, yeah. by Francis and Armin Hammer was like, okay, and he was so like, now- Just put on this wig. She basically changed her name. He witnessed protection programmed her. She, he witnessed protection to her pussy and she did it. <laughs> she was so, on call constantly and she had to like, she, she could only take like certain vacation days. So here's the, here's where I think the square is playing so out. Right? But let's think about it. Right. Because astrologically Armand was a double Gemini. So for him, not only like having multiple marriages and being sort of two faced and having all these different like personas was very normal to him and he didn't think anything of it. And it was really just him living all the lives he wanted to or whatever and having ultimate control, egomaniac. Yeah. But I think it's, we have to know also that Pluto is up there too. It's not just like being like the right. sun, moon, Gemini. It's like Pluto's conjunct the moon. And that's a big, big part of it. How would you, if, I know exactly what you mean. How, how would you explain that to someone who's like, well, why is that? Well, who, what do you mean? Who cares? uh pluto represents transformation in your chart and in armin hammer's senior chart his gemini stellium was in the 11th house and i think that now we're we're looking at it so and i didn't i didn't know that palace athena was in there too yep so this is armin right? hammer chart okay so now so, let's go to armin hammer armin hammer is a zero degree gemini sun in the 10th house and then everything in the 11th house. Yeah. And I think with, with Pluto being in there, um, that has a, a lot to do with how he affected the, like the world, like the, the people, like right. the general collective, like he Pluto he in the 11th house. Yes. Yes. The, the world around him and he controlled the people around him and they didn't know it was it was a secret it was a secret he was behind the scenes he secretly like controlled the world and we didn't know it he was pulling the strings behind the scenes and pluto i think really represents that that kind of energy the that power it's that power. power. Well, and it's also in Gemini too. Not only is he affecting all of like the storylines of the world, but he also is doing it on a very Gemini social basis. Like it's all about connections. It's all about this guy got ahead as far as he did. It seems like on some level, aside from continuing to marry up, like he was a social genius. He really worked people and he I mean, he was sort of like Trump in that way too, also a Gemini moon where it's like, he's just able to like, it seemed like Armin Hammer was able to just like go into the room and just butt fuck everybody. And I think maybe literally, but like yeah, he he's did a, it. Like a real life chess player. Yeah. And I mean, I, I'm thinking about the, um, the, the situation with the oil spill yes, and how he approached it. There was a, a massive oil spill um on the on the northern area of the planet 
was <laughs> it like near like near the I don't know where was it like it's like literally the why, the, or why the like, glacier has just melted now yeah it was a catastrophe and there were many deaths there was like almost and, 200 people that died and it was like basically s- simply because of negligence from the company's part oops yeah and there were there were red flags leading up to it so that it was a it was a big deal and um this guy just went on national television looking somewhat somber saying this is so awful we're so sorry for all of the families and that's basically all he said and then prince charles was like it's not your fault. <laughs> right. He literally hugged him like he was mad. Damon yeah. and Goodwill hunting. Like it's not your fault. And it's like, yeah, he really yeah. did. He didn't do anything. He didn't do anything. He well, just like looked a little sad and said like, Hey, this sucks. Right. And then he got on his private jet with his team and was like, open up a bottle of champagne. Today was a good day. He's like knew he crushed. Yeah. I, I believe the only other comment he made was something along the lines of like, we had no idea that there was any malfunction. We will be looking into everything with a, like with a fine tooth comb. Like I, I'm like watching it. That's a, a very long, bad paraphrase, but it's like, he made it, he basically made it seem like this yeah. is a total fucking shock to him. Even though this was 100% coming, this was not a surprise to anybody in the inner circle. They basically decided from a PR perspective that the best move was to go and show your face in public as if you're just upset as everyone else and he did it well and he looked like this little old man being like we are so upset yeah about the losses and he didn't and get like, any shit and the the press they were just like oh you know he he's doing everything he can it wasn't his fault and then they moved on right they were basically like he doesn't know what goes on in such a big company and it's like no this guy is super controlling he has a bunch of girlfriends who have different names than they were born with and his children and their grandchildren and their grandchildren live in abject fear like he's actually on top of it (laughs) yeah it's pretty crazy it's cool but i think that that again is a reflection of what we're looking at here with the gemini stellium in the in the 11th house with pluto there pluto in full control and power intellectually of the collective so much so that he's able to manipulate the people and neptune right there i mean there's an element of grandeur and delusion right yeah he had a lot of power at his fingertips and he he knew how to use it yeah, he this was is really a, smart. This is a Neptune Pluto story where he was he's literally like the birth of like, if you can dream it, you can achieve it. Like that is what this chart is. His Mars is at the is in the ninth house in Aries. So he's basically like and I think that's where he and Julian were never going to get it right, because at the end of the day, Armand Tambor didn't come from means. He, he came from humble beginnings and like a political activist father. But I will say I did hear a story on a podcast that Armand Hammer technically did graduate like medical school. So he was technically a doctor, although he never practiced medicine. And he would make everybody at the Occidental Corporation and all the businesses that he owned call him either the doc or or Dr. Hammer or whatever. But he but he wasn't ever a doctor. But there is a story about how Armand Hammer or Julian Julius Hammer Armand Hammer's father was 
banned from the United States because he either took someone's wife to or performed a unsafe abortion on one of his friends, colleagues or friends' wives or something, something like that. I'm botching it. But the truth of the story is that Armand, who had just graduated medical school, was like, I could, I'll take it. I'll do the abortion, right? They were just trying to make money. Pay us to do the abortion. We'll do the abortion, right? But he didn't really know what he was doing. He killed the woman. His father took the rap for it. That's why he was forever relegated oh, to to Russia with um, with also his first love, his first wife, singer Olga von whatever, who was Julian's mother. And actually, he left Julian there. He came to the United States after having murdered a woman by giving her a bad abortion. Uh, he came to the United States to like start the again, like Pluto, yeah, eleven like, half sun moon. To well, start that didn't work story. out. I'm, was gonna, like, I'm gonna do something different. And my good Jewish father took the rap for me, right? But he was like, okay, I'm gonna take my Mars and my Aries, my Mars Aries ninth house ass, and go to the other country. And I'm not necessarily gonna do dad's work, which is to continue to grow the Communist Party of America. He pretty much planted those seeds. I'm gonna make my own garden. I'm gonna but do he capitalism. Spy, right? I'm hundred percent. So I've got earbuds in. I can hear you, but I'm I'm getting the rest of my seltzer. Yeah, yeah. But he did. T- yeah, he he was he he ultimately was known as being like one of the biggest money launderers to Russia of all time he was a spy he had close relationships i mean that was his father's work and that's where this all gets really interesting because i feel like the other piece of that gemini energy that starts we got to find julius the dad's chart but it's like what i think what happened hard. i feel like what happened during the armand hammer moment uh is that we actually see the beginning of like what becomes somebody's just like split consciousness and so if you can justify mm-hmm. anything, then you can do anything. And there's a voice in your head that goes, and here's why it's okay. I mean, I think actually he was a registered Democrat, even though he actually paid for the Watergate scandal to be swept under the rug. This guy was behind so many crazy. political scandals. He had no side. He had no side other than money side. There, there yeah. was no sense of ethics or or a baseline of, of concern. He, but he was authentic in that he was like, okay, I'm going to go start a new and make a lot of money and And still be connected to the other side. If I remember correctly from the documentary, so Julian and Olga were in Russia at the beginning. And then Julian basically was like, I'm your son. I'm your son. But he was like a kid. And for some reason, he was sent. There was something about how we tried to not take him. It wasn't clear. They mentioned that Armand insisted that he wasn't his son. Right. And forced the mom to take a paternity test. Right. And was still unconvinced. So there's something weird going on there, too. So mean. Because then it's like, was it you who asked the question? Or we were talking yesterday where it was where it's like, if he's creating such a big empire, like, why wouldn't he want children? Yes. Oh, yeah, exactly. So there's something very strange going on there. Because when I heard the abortion story, though, what I think was going on was that he needed to start to frack Pluto moon sun gemini neptune he basically like that was like he dissociated in that moment and was like i can't be this person anymore because i'm a murderer there so that's why he didn't murder anybody later in life i don't from what i understand other than like all the people on the oil rig and all the you know they're just the casual peasants 
but he didn't commit any murder. But then it's like ironic that his son, he actually had to clean up the, the, the mess of his son actually murdering someone where it's like, actually he did murder someone, but it was wiped from his slate because his dad took the fall. Mm-hmm. Kind of interesting. Well, I'm just looking at my notes because there were a few things that I made. Yes. Like that I wanted to yes, 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 talk please. about in comparing all four of the men's charts yeah. um, in the family and the comparisons that uh, jumped out at me the yeah. most. And there, we already said three out of four of them have moon and Gemini. Mm-hmm. Three out of four of them have Saturn and Sagittarius. In regards to you know the predatory behavior, the attacks against women, and I think now we're at a point where because like you know, we're talking about this on a podcast because we watched it on a docu series because sure. an actor started using social media to prey on women literally dms voice notes what are we doing what the fuck yeah and so now we're in we're in this place where it's become an attack on women It's, it's not just a woman it's like all of us it's an attack on women as a as a collective community and consciousness so what it seems to be relevant in looking at the patterns are the Uranus Chiron aspects that pop up with all of their charts. It's either Uranus and Chiron in opposition. Two of them have the Uranus Chiron opposition. Armand has a Uranus Chiron conjunction. Yeah, so he's the one with the conjunction. And then Michael Hammer has zero degrees exact Chiron in Aquarius and Uranus in Leo. And then Army Hammer also has the Uranus Chiron opposition. Yes, and with that, it's also his moon. Yeah, so Chiron and moon conjunct opposing Uranus. Yep. So at the beginning Beginning of 2022. And now we know Black Moon Lilith is also there too, by the way. I didn't know that before when I was taking these notes. The essence of Uranus, it's the lightning rod. It's the trigger. So whenever there's an opposition. sudden change. Versus a square versus a conjunction, the storyline evolves. Let's just talk about the Uranus story in the family. If we start it with Armand Hammer, not only is he a new moon with Pluto in Gemini, starting like emerging from the crypt and being like daddy's home right and just (laughs) over wreaking (laughs) havoc on the land from here on out right opposite his is this armist chart no army chart opposite his his son so he has his son opposite Uranus in the fourth house. So he's basically, I got to get out of here. Literally, his whole personality is a running away from the fucked up thing that he did. Oh, Chiron at the late degree of Scorpio in the fourth house. Oh, he actually uh, killed someone and his dad took the fall for it. And aside from that, I mean, who the fuck knows what it was like to grow up with a fucking political dad in communist Russia in the fucking you know, 1890s. It's really Mm -hmm. long time ago, you know? And he really didn't come here with money. He did come here as an immigrant and he worked. I mean, he had connections to the Kremlin or whatever, but actually they were mortal enemies of the United States at that point. So he really is a brave ass dude. And his whole persona is reacting to this Chiron. But I think it's so interesting that for Armin and the story starts with a out of sign Chiron 
Uranus conjunction and Saturn mm-hmm. just a few degrees away, right? So it's basically like whatever but happened still, at home. There's a significant opposition in play there. So Chiron and, and Uranus are together, right? But there's that opposition of the sun. Well, it's almost like it. It's like if you think about it, like almost like notes. It's like do do do, like because it's sort of like you know, it's like oh, there was this Chiron and then this immediate after effect, which then had like at the same time the 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 uh the uranus energy and the solar energy of arm and hammer was activated you know and really at one degree zero degree starting something totally new he got to the very end of that dark scorpio fourth house energy and realized okay i have to like i mean he was literally named for the communist party and became one of the first most famous capitalists you know like he's he's such a if you think about it, he's such a rejection of where he was quote unquote Gemini. What does the story even mean? What is the actual story? But like where he was quote unquote from, right? But at the end of the day, he is from like a political family. He's a political guy who ultimately, you know, talk about rebellion from communist parents. He's like, actually, I have all the power. Or maybe that is just the communist mindset where it's like, well, there is like a leader, you know, and maybe he just thought, okay, I'm going to just do that in America and we're going to call it capitalism. But that is what he thought was going on and everything about his life. And then his Saturn, he basically worked to like create a whole new ideology. Uh, Also Saturn in the fifth house. He has a kid abroad that he accidentally kind of didn't want. Not the time, not the place, not with Olga. I need an American woman, you know, but it's like, okay, so he really carries the story. Not only is it still the opposition between the moon and Saturn, but okay, so he's the original Chiron, Chiron Uranus conjunction. Then we go to his son, Julian. What is Jul- where is Julian's Chiron and Uranus? I just had a thought, by the way, to Please. like, why didn't he have more kids? Because like, that was very common. People like had a lot of kids that's so like people wanted to have kids they wanted to keep their bloodline going why did he resist that on a soul level okay his north node is in capricorn in the sixth house the virgo house i i think south node in the 12th house with his mother with his asteroid series his sense of nurturing his also sense of grief and of loss of the homeland loss of the mother i think that he knew that he was on a mission to restructure the world and take all the money. I think that was all he fucking cared about. And I don't really think he gave a shit about the legacy because I don't think that he thought anyone could do it but him. And he was right. Yeah. The only reason that Army Hammer exists is because Armand Hammer was pre-social media, pre-the Me Too movement, LOL. But he was actually the only predator of this bunch who was smart enough, suave enough, because it's what we are talking about before, because he did not come from privilege. He had to create his empire, and that was his baby. Creating a Mm -hmm. life where he could not only help his family and help his father and continue to nurture that, because Chiron in your chart not only represents the like primal wound, it also represents where you become a super healer or where you continue to get caught up. It's a magnetic part of your chart. You can 
can, you can work with it in the way of, oh my God, this is so, this wound is so deep. I need to be healed. Or you can work with it from a way of like, Hey, I'm actually an expert at this at this point. Let me, let me help you talk about these painful things or whatever. But I feel like he has the desire to help his father and he feels like forever bonded to his father because of the fall that he took for him, so to speak. And I think all he cared about was continuing to be like a good son, even though he was never going to go home again, never going to associate with them, never going to talk to them again. He would bury them in the mausoleum that he would earn for them. And otherwise, don't ask me anything. Email my AOL. I'm not reachable, you know, but it's like, (laughs) you know, his North Node in Capricorn in the sixth house, he knew that he was here to just take back the the power structure and take back the conversation. And I think because, you know, the nodes in Cancer and Capricorn are inherently feminine. He has a wildly masculine chart, but he has his midheaven, his legacy and his Mercury in Taurus. So it's like he ultimately becomes known as this like incredible creator. He's sort of like Walt Disney esque to me. In a way, no matter what crimes they committed, they actually were also geniuses. Well, there's an invisible yod with Midhaven and Jupiter and Uranus. Yes. That's so interesting. Wow. I think with the, the energy between Jupiter and Uranus being almost an exact sextile apart. They're both, I want to say it's like they're combining their, their energies towards a certain point. It's like, basically like, this is one testy, this is the other testy, and this is them (laughs) nutting all over the global (laughs) landscape. All over the world. (laughs) And all over the banks. But but you don't even know, he does see- at the top of his chart and like his, his purpose and his legacy, like a big legacy, big expansive, maybe innovative, maybe unusual, maybe something that wasn't necessarily uh, widely accepted initially legacy. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, we're talking and I had so many thoughts for you too about like your Pluto and Pluto in general, because we are coming into the changing of the times. Pluto is going to move into Aquarius, right? And we've been in Pluto in Capricorn since 2008. What happened in 2008? Not only did the housing crisis and the stock market collapse, but we also had the invent of Bitcoin and this conversation about the structure of status, the structure of currency, how we relate to uh, money and power and, and the way things work, right? So it's, it's all very interesting. And I think it'll be, I look forward to seeing what kind of financial breakthroughs are created once we get out of this. It's like, we still have to like fully understand capitalism. And I think fact find and understand the psychology of what we created so that we can create something else. And I do think that's like, until Pluto officially is in Aquarius, I think that's like what the, the, the like subterranean, like that's like what the the sub psyche intellectual conversation is sort of like, like low grade, like, okay, did this work? Does this work? Like, literally, what are we going to do? Because like, people are dying, children are crying, concentrate, concentrate. <laughs> did you ever do that? I thought of it the other day. I'm like, wow, what uh, yeah. interesting, what a heavy rhyme, what a heavy little, yeah, I don't, remember that one. Don't come near me with that egg. 
right? right. But part of this Arm and Hammer story, like, because it's also interesting too, like if you think about the queen, this one degree, like the the zero, one, two degree of Taurus is also where the queen's sun is and Charles's moon is. And we are slowly watching. It's a regal spot. It's a regal spot in the Pleiades. And it's like, we're Mm -hmm. watching the nodes currently in this current eclipse cycle between Taurus and Scorpio tick towards this point right? The nodes, unlike the other planets, always move retrograde. It's a mathematical point that's basically showing the collective karma and the dharma, right? So it's like the drain versus the showerhead. And so time ticks on and we collectively focus on different things. So we have been in a north node in Taurus cycle since like November of last year. And slowly we are watching the node tick down. It will eventually shift into Aries and Libra. But how interesting that like, not only are we having inflation and financial crisis and warehouses breaking down and the building in Surfside, Florida collapsed because no one wanted to fix the, right? Like this is the theme actually of the oil rig of Arm and Hammer is actually still the mindset in many places today, which is like, should we do that extra precaution so that we don't all die? And it's like, nah, let's save the money and get an awning or whatever. We're going to Capitol Grill. We couldn't possibly fix the garage, they said in Surfside. Yeah. And it's You're like- reminding me of, of all the the infrastructure issues with the the train system here in Boston, the MBTA. It's like every day it seems like there's another fire, another train derailed, another like explosion, people getting stuck in the tunnels and having to evacuate. And it's terrifying trains getting stuck on the bridge and people like jumping off the bridge, like, cause the train is on fire. I mean, this oh is the kind God. of shit that's been happening here You're in Boston. S- I did not know that. They, oh yeah. It's been a whole thing. They shut down the orange line for an entire month. Whoa. Yeah. And meanwhile, the green line is finally extending after 20 years of conversation about it. So there are all these new train stops in my neighborhood now on the green line, if you can imagine that. And all of this shit is happening. So they're supposed to be like slowly opening up those stops. But in the meantime, the infrastructure is literally collapsing. That's Pluto in Capricorn. And how interesting, too, that it's square this Mercury in Libra, because, you know, Mercury is the Gemini third house, right? So that is like the local community. And then we have Mars and Gemini about to go retrograde, thinking about the the actual local community and how we work with each other, how we actually like get to connect with function with each other. And then we have this Saturn and Aquarius being like, yep, you're going to break down, 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 because if you don't actually fix the problems that are pending, we're just going to make the problems now so that you figure them out for the future. By the way, I was just thinking like, just because all of that is happening doesn't necessarily mean that people are going to do anything about it. That's, that's, I think the, the problem right now, well, that's the major problem. Whether people do yeah, anything cool. about it or not, something will be done. Yeah. And I think that that's part of, again, even what we're talking about here with this massive Gemini sun, moon, Pluto, Neptune, we didn't even get to the fact that then he has his, this is Arm and Tamer, his Venus and his Pallas Athena and his Lilith there. He's basically like, okay, Lilith, you're not going to come back to the Garden of Eden. Well, the Garden of Eden is now Dubai. Like, eat your heart out, baby. Like, this is like, I feel like Arm and Hammer's chart is like a whole rejection of who he really is. Or maybe that's giving him too much credit, but like, it's all an act. 
I, I think the reason he didn't care about having kids or didn't think too much about his legacy is because he had no principles. There was no business. He was just literally showing what he could do. He had no point of view other than make money. Yeah. Maybe Saturn being in the fifth house too. It's like, he was just like, nope, that's not practical. It's not practical. And he probably also thought like a kid would like slow my life down. Maybe we're just giving him too, too much credit. Maybe he just was infertile. Who knows? Oh my God. Right. Like he was lucky to have little Julian. Didn't he have like a, all those girlfriends and I mean what was anyways like it's I don't possible know maybe that, we're giving him too much credit I agree I agree well I, I think I mean he did have tons of girlfriends and but again though it was all sort of an act it was an ego thing he did have a wife that he used all of her resources I think the thing about Armand versus Julian and Michael is that Armand and Army until social media or whatever they both had the ability to show restraint in the public. Armand and Army both very sincerely appeared to be yeah. heroes. So maybe that now like you're you're making a great point because they they did show restraint in in their uh in to, towards the public. But now we're seeing all of Army's fucking DMs because of the world that we live in now. So maybe there was another side. Maybe there's that dual side to Armin Sr. that was very similar that we didn't get to see or hear about because there was no Instagram. Right. I think so a million percent. And also if we think about it in terms of just like patterns and storylines opening and closing, we have Armin Hammer's Lilith at 28 degrees Gemini right on Army's rising so i feel like we're basically seeing like army is the product of this guy's reaction to you know being faced with his own whatever fear masculinity femininity like i feel like in men's charts lilith can really be the dark feminine that you reject in yourself and in others and it's where you want to have control over the woman i'll I'll show her this is eve she's my girl now and you're getting written under the bible women there's a biblical erasure of women that armand seemed very comfortable participating in so it wasn't that he was like over the top abusive like his offspring were his whole thing was like an almost like complete and total denial of the woman which i could see being a result of spending your whole life knowing that at 19 you murdered someone and you need to literally make the case that women aren't shit so that you don't actually feel bad about murdering a woman because that was like a big secret that was something that he died with so i don't know i think that could be almost like the birthplace of this of this piece i mean who knows how far it goes back but like of this storyline where it's like at the end of the day Armand Hammer, the young man named for the communist emblem, was trying to flex his new doctor degree and accidentally killed, you know, one of his father, I think it was like one of his father's co-workers wives or something. And he, you know, got away with it and ran away. And I would, I could see somebody, especially with all that Gemini, just spending their lives being like, let me tell you what happened. Let me tell you why that doesn't even matter. Just Yeah, just, like spinning a story in their own head. Yes. And, and lying to themselves and making it their own reality. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I think that's kind of interesting. But then, okay, to go back to the Uranus story. So then we, that was Armin. So then we have Michael Hammer, the Uranus Chiron and his chart. So you're saying, okay, so he has a zero degree Chiron in Aquarius. And then, yeah, that's really wow, interesting. an exact opposition. Mm-hmm. It's almost to the second, like 
within like 10 seconds. Wait, do we do Julian yet? Julian has a Uranus in Aries at nine degrees. He has his Chiron at 10 degrees conjunct his son in Taurus, but it's not really in a semi-septile. Semi- Sorry, yeah. semi-sextile. It's a semi-sextile, which is not like a major, there's sort of a disharmony, but also when they're in the same declination, they're still in the same, com- it's like Halloween last year, Halloween this year, sort of how I think about it, right? So it's like, it's you know. Because my chart is full of exact semi-sextile. <laughs> okay, so well, that's why your chart really is about like graduating. As we go on, you're literally like, come on, come on, come on, come on. we got a life to live, let's go. <laughs> You're literally like, just come on, kids. Like Halloween's going to, you know, let's just maybe have new holidays. So anyway, okay. So from this father's conjunction, he is born, Julian is born with Uranus and Chiron trying to separate Chiron moving away from Uranus. Then we have his son, Michael, with an exact opposition, zero degree Chiron. Yeah, right. Even closer, almost to the exact second. So what that means is like the same moment that Chiron moved into Aquarius was the same moment that Uranus moved into Leo. So they're moving together. So this is like an evolution of the reaction from the wound, I think. Yeah. And it could reflect on what Michael endured from his father and how he projected that onto the women around him, including his sister. Armand had the conjunction between Chiron and Uranus. So he was very aware that he was riding the wave of change. I know what I did. Everything changed in a second. Now I'm coming and I'm creating a new identity. There was like a sort of ownership of it in his fourth house. It was within him. It was from home. Michael has his Uranus at zero degrees. Then he has his descendant. So he's an Aquarius rising. He has his descendant, the beginning of the relationship house at five degrees Leo. Then he has his Jupiter, then his Pluto. Then it switches signs into Virgo. He has his Vesta, his Vertex. Then he has his Mars, his Sun, and his Venus. All this is a super duper duper seventh house stellium. So it's almost like Michael's like going about his life doing his thing. Then I see this as like before he was a young man when he was just a boy he was basically just like taking a bunch of his psychological shit out on other people seventh house like you know he's fucking using his money and status and royalty and like ability to like make you feel loved and be hot and woo you and then he's like actually by the way come in the back I'm strapping you down we're playing doctor or whatever and it was like right and and I think when he met Drew Ann Mobley it was probably that kind of instant thing where, cause it sounds like by the time they landed the plane, he was like, I'm going to marry her. Like meeting someone who changes your day to day and your like ethos and, and like the rituals that you practice so immediately thinking that it's like, I feel like when you have a, a Chiron opposition to Uranus, it's like kind of like, it's like full moon energy. So like there's always going to be a need to revisit that trigger and like constantly seeking a balance for what that trigger brings up, right? So like I think in his earlier years, his trigger it would have been he would have been triggered, and then you know uh, invited a bunch of sluts over and like went and out partied his dad or whatever, according to the book, according to the doc. Like, but it seemed like Michael was aside from being yeah. abused and abusive, he was like the ultimate party bro. Yeah, and I think that the with Chiron being in the twelfth house. It implies that it was a, a deep subconscious wound and that was probably fucking weird. 
too by the way that that aquarius energy it was probably really fucking weird totally. and then uranus being in leo the the trigger the like sudden lightning bolt trigger was most likely very dramatic and rooted in childhood south node in gemini the story of fifth house childhood leo and beginning this like basically like there's like some arrest development with michael mm. like it's almost like at home and he has his moon in gemini same as his grandfather same as his son crazy mm-hmm. but now what's interesting is that unlike his grandfather who had a conjunction in gemini he is the first iteration of this square in gemini so he has his moon square his son which is also conjunct his mars and his venus and virgo again these are the two most analytical signs these are the two most these are the two most mercurial in nature then he's an aquarius mm-hmm. rising with with right that chiron wound just looming it's almost like he never even never healed never even had a moment to acknowledge that he was wounded mm-hmm. it's not even never healed it's like like doesn't even like this is where i think with that 12th house chiron now this, now it's a trend now it's a pattern it's like 12th house chiron is basically ancestral trauma it's karmic generational trauma it's something that does affect you that sneaks up and gets you but that you don't necessarily even have like a conscious relationship i don't think that michael ever thought for one second is this the right thing to do i think he was raised to be exactly who he was and he's the product of not only his father but then his grandfather and he basically saw what his father was doing wrong competed with his father and ultimately he did his work to take back power in his own way because he could like put on a show in relationship like Virgo put on a show Leo put on a show be whoever granddaddy wants me to be at moon and Gemini home like at home I know that granddaddy's boss or whatever you know and south node in the fifth house in Gemini he's like I am the favorite kid (laughs) you know what I mean like he's sort of like yeah I am that kid that can pull this off his moon and his son are square so there's like a conflict between what's going on at home what's going on inside versus the image that he's projecting and i think because it's in the seventh house it's in relationship to whoever he's with it looks a little bit different you know the thing that i found striking about both in the book and in the documentary but anytime casey talks about how like anytime the police would come her father who would be like completely batshit crazy out of his mind talk about aliens talking about he was like waking her up with a gun to her head regularly to make sure she wasn't possessed like crazy yeah shit. but like when the police would come he would like be able to just snap into character and blame it on casey or blame it on whatever and like he would put on this act of of like a totally sane really sorry guy who got the cops called on his house you know and then he would leave the cops would leave and he'd be like <laughs> and then he'd go back to being crazy so i feel like michael is very used to like this sort of like split personality thing at home. That's where yeah. his father's Mercury is. He's used to kind of dealing with a bunch of crazy shit. I think finally when he met Drew Ann Mobley and something about even like Christianity on some level gave him a str- like I don't think these guys had a lot of structure <laughs> to follow, you know, aside from like we'll give you a job at the company doing whatever. These guys, this is a succession. These guys don't work. These guys don't have passions, like, you know? So 
I feel like Michael's whole chart is basically trying to prove himself like sun, sun square moon. He's really trying to prove himself. He has his Mercury in Libra. So he basically behind closed doors is a fucking weirdo. I mean, no offense to anyone with the Mercury in the eighth house. I have a moon Mars in the eighth house. We're not all creepy, but it's like, there's something about like what he's doing in relationship that his whole house is, his whole chart is like stacked in where it's like, he's using them to actually have the real, like behind closed doors, fantasy suites type of conversations. You know what I mean? And then, you know, like Scorpio mid heaven with his Saturn there. Also another interfamily Saturn, Saturn Juno Juno conjunction. conjunction. Yeah, that's interesting. So it's almost like Drew Ann Mobley gave him the permission to like change his whole identity and like this whole outward persona. And, you know, he went full, like an army hammer went to, um, like pentecostal high school like lol oh well you you just made me think of the the fact that coming from the the lineage of arm and hammer great grandfather then julian seemed to be totally lost and absolutely batshit fucking crazy and have no vision and no passion and then he raised a son similarly to have no vision and no passion. And he took on a job at grandpa's company because he was told that he had to. And then he realized like, oh, like I'm going to inherit this. And that's when he started stepping up, but he didn't really care. He just wanted the money, right? He didn't want to take over the company and see it progress and be successful. And, and like he had no interest. So where did Army Hammer's passion for acting and the arts, so to speak, come from? You know, that that's he's like now the first one to have seemingly uh, some kind of drive, but maybe there was something else to it. Like, you know, we know what his other kinds of drives were. Well, right. okay. So I think that's a great question. And here's, here's, uh, here's my like initial response, but it's overflowing, always changing and not attached. Right. But <laughs> I think of it like army hammers. Again, we said it before. We'll say it again. He's a 29 degree Gemini rising with his moon Lilith and Chiron in the 12th house opposite his sixth house sagittarius uranus then also at three degrees we have an exact conjunction between saturn and juno same as dad by the way so the uranus chiron opposition is also in sixth and twelfth house oh my god right and it's almost to the exact degree too Mm -hmm. it's just it's, it's not exact exact but it's it's right there i mean i think that he because of this moon Chiron Lilith conjunction in his 12th house, he is compulsive, right? Whatever the compulsion is. I I think that when he discovered whatever he discovered, he was relieved because I think there's a part of him that is psychologically wounded, angry, outraged, wants to dominate women, wants to control women, afraid of women, but doesn't know where that comes from. The little story of his aunt saying like, you know, when, when he was a kid, it was during a holiday and he was this cute blonde haired little boy and was like the the crown prince and could do no wrong and she's leaving and 
his mom is like, oh, give your Aunt Casey a hug goodbye. And he just looked at her and then kicked her in the shin, like really hard. You remember that? Now I do. So he like, right, he does have, like, he's not having the same experience that everyone's having. Even with that Athena right in that fourth house too. It's like, yeah, I think that he's experiencing the world as volatile. I mean, yeah, he also just could be like a sociopath. I don't really know where that is in their chart, but. House Athena is opposite Jupiter. I just noticed. The first thought with Jupiter being in the 10th house in Pisces that speaks to his career in acting. Mm-hmm. The being larger than life in a artistic field that's about pretend. Mm-hmm. And his legacy too. Now, even with these like allegations, epic abuse allegations, like even in the dark side of that Pisces and Jupiter midheaven, it's like, oh, and you're going to be known as a total abuser. <laughs> the guy who liked rope. Yeah, literally yeah. too much rope. <laughs> it's absurd. And with the square to, to Uranus too. So I guess that's a, that's a T-square. Between? Between Jupiter and Palace Athena and Uranus. Would that be considered a grand cross with the opposition between Uranus and the moon and Chiron and then the opposition of Jupiter and Palace Athena? Okay, so where does he get his passion from? Well, he has a 26 degree third house Leo Mercury and he's a a zero degree third house Virgo he's a good student like even if he doesn't study himself and doesn't have a connection to his own soul the way that he survives in the world and especially too he has Neptune on his descendant right at the beginning of Capricorn so it's like the way that he gets into relationship he's a late degree Gemini he knows all the characters they all live in his head and they're all upset I don't even know if it's that he has like passion and drive he would much rather be someone else other than himself and he has his south node conjunct his Venus in the fifth house Trining the Chiron and Lilith in the 12th. That was another thing that I noticed there. Right. Like like he actually is gifted and beautiful in a way that I don't think anyone else in his family is. Right. It could be interpreted that way, but also it has unfolded in the the exact opposite way. And also like his mother's a Libra. He has that connection to mummy. She's Yeah, but there's also a connection to the the wound too. I mean, I, I think that that trine is like there's reflux energy there between his subconscious wound and the idea of what the aesthetic and love should be like and what it should feel like for for himself as the, like the inner child and maybe even for his children. It's not that he's necessarily like passionate. Pluto, Venus, and South Node in the fifth house, that's he he wants to play, you know, and Mercury and Leo, he wants to play. But I don't know if it's as, as much that he's like passionate as he actually has all of these wounded characters coursing through his psyche you know Saturn in Sagittarius Uranus in the sixth house in Sagittarius acting actually as a career for this chart makes sense to me like they get to play all of the characters in their head at best instead of taking out whatever's going on in their head on other people but in this case for him there was almost like a split life I get the sense that Elizabeth Chambers was genuinely shocked she divorced him obviously there's tons we don't know but it's like he's the only one that was like well no actually Arm and Hammer it seems like Francis was on top of Arm and Hammer that's why his mistresses had to go into witness protection pussy right army hammer i think did this i think army hammer really is after his namesake army and armand are trying to do the same game trying to play the same game where it's like on the one hand they have this wife and this professional outside life that they use to 
you know, yeah. like flex and share their talent and do their work. But then I think they were specifically using it as a facade in order to have this other private life that like for Armand, he actually could get away with because he actually had the money to pay his way out of everything. And he was giving money to all the most powerful people in the world. So he was truly untouchable. But then his son was way too sloppy. His son was, you know, 80s cokehead pretending to try. And then I think Army was like, oh, I got this. Like dad raised us in the Cayman Islands. I'm an old family money. So he has the sort of the fear in him of someone who knows that the money isn't actually promised. I mean, even Casey said that even though Michael was left everything when Armin died, she said she drove up to the house and she caught Michael and Drew stealing everything from yeah. them. Yeah. They were looting. He's, he's, he's depraved. He's, he's, it's never enough. And it's all about his relationship with his father. I think where it like skips a generation, Michael actually did try to do what Army tried to do and like marry someone who like totally changed the image, totally. But at the end of the day, he, I think Drew Ann saw the monster. Whereas yeah. I, I don't get the sense that Elizabeth, I get the sense that Elizabeth Chambers, I think she knew he was kinky. I think they probably went to the sex clubs in LA. She tried to satisfy his sexual appetite. She was really disappointed to hear that he cheated and to get caught with him cheating. I don't think she knew that he was. Yeah, I believe that because I definitely was like in a similar situation myself. So like, oh, wow. I totally believe that. And I think that there are many men out there who think that they can have like a, a a marriage and partner and maintain that and it and then like satiate all of their desires and fantasies outside of that like oh I'll respect my wife right and like, then I'm gonna go do what I want and and that's okay because well, like I'm not subjecting them to all of this other stuff. Well, I think even like beyond that's okay. I think it's like, and I'm like a hero for it, I think is the issue. Right. Like I think yeah. for them, like, I'm doing them a favor. Like, yeah. Like, like, yeah. like that's what army says. And like someone said something about like BDSM to him and he's like, Oh, I would never like one of the girls said like, you know, do you do this with your wife or whatever? And, and he was like, oh, I would never, I would never disrespect her. Right. I respect her way. too much. And I also think yeah, that's, yeah, a very, yeah. that's a very Christian Deanne Mobley mom thing too, where like, I could see her, you know, I didn't even pull her chart up, but she's a Libra, like giving the example of like, what I don't know doesn't, that's so Christian to be like, well, we don't know doesn't hurt us. And if nobody sees us, it didn't happen. And, you know, so I think in his mind, he like, I don't get this. I, of, of course, it's like scary to think about his kids because he's literally a monster. But then it's also like, I think he's the first of the. And I don't know him well enough. and I don't know. There's not really much about it other than this. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. But like, I get the sense that he was the only one of any of them that was genuinely a good enough actor, like doing a good enough job so that the person he was with really was like a beard you know like I think I think he married the perfect person to okay so I just out of curiosity this is Army Hammer and Elizabeth's chart together so this is his wife you know 
his south node and Venus are exactly conjunct her Saturn, Pluto, and Pallas Athena. So yeah, this is the Pluto Saturn. She's a little older. She's a little older. 82, he's 86. Interesting. And so he's again a mommy thing, but then it's like, okay, so she's she's a new moon baby in Leo on his Mercury. Her Mercury's on his Pallas Athena. So even that too, when he met her, he was like, Oh, you'll be the perfect wife. Now I can express my dark side not with you because now you exist. You know? Yeah. And she's got a Juno Neptune conjunction where his is a Juno Saturn conjunction. And then look at that too with the Uranus checkerboarding. Mm-hmm. For her, it's in her second house. For him, it's in his sixth house. So right. So for him, he thought, oh, finally, like I found my wife that will allow me to act a certain way so that I can actually really do some chaotic shit and make it work, like figure out the ritual, the routine, the right way, the perfect way to master my plan so that I can live this like double Gemini 12th house haunting yeah, life. She and had I think- the, the ability to offer an, an, an illusion of being the good way. Right. And I think for her second house, I think, you know, her Uranus is there at the beginning of her second house. She meets him. Him, he's really serious about her. She's like, oh my God, did I literally meet my dream man? All of a sudden she's on the map. She has a career. She has a perfect family. She has all the things. And then the cycle continues. What Plus, is that? Her her north node on his Mars? Or her that south node? South node is south on, his, on Mars. his Mars. So basically, you know, as she discovers who he is and starts to actually understand that she probably played a bigger role in this than she'd like to admit, but also needs to now make a massive change that's going to be like, but it's 12th house. It's almost outside of her choosing. She really didn't want to know all this shit and she fucking found out. She's the same rising as you. She's like a very late degree Libra rising. So she's kind of like, oh my God, I actually just thought I married up and really she's like, okay, no, now I have to do the thing that I really didn't want to do, which is, you know, have a broken family. Her kind Chiron is in the seventh house in Taurus. Mm-hmm. So she has a marriage wound to heal, to work with. But then look at that too, actually. Her Chiron looks like it is also exactly opposite her Uranus. Oh, that's really interesting. Wow. The Chiron cycle continues. Like they were soulmates in whatever way. They're both healing the same karmic pattern of like intense trigger moment and then wrestling with the wound and what it creates as like a at the exhaust of that wound if that makes any sense like how do you come back from a trigger how do you come back from yeah michael had that opposition too but it is kind of the same thing where it's like they're all dealing with again armand hammer had his chiron and his uranus conjunct so he kind of knew that he was operating from a place of genius and like creating something out of nothing from the void julian hammer was like a total fucking accident and knew it and had to spend his whole life just trying to be even seen or assert himself. He didn't know who his father was. He didn't know how to be connected to his mother. He just felt like such a fucking loser and he killed people and maybe like guys. But like he was really just a wasted party bro for his entire existence and absolutely abusive deranged. He's the scariest in terms of like would literally just start shooting a gun and like would shoot guns at Michael and Casey. If we're talking about the Armand Hammer killed a woman story, it starts with a literal ideological denial of the value of women's lives and then Mm -hmm. to continue to like kinkify that the question is when does this cycle of abuse and amongst the family members when does the generational trauma stop actively it it has to stop at some point and then like later generations still have to deal 
with that like just generally in in their bloodline like what what comes up Mm -hmm. even if it's not like in their present lives it's still a part of their ancestry totally I mean we don't have his son's birth time but his son's chart he's also a sun pluto conjunction i sort of think his son has a shot like north node conjunct his moon in virgo either he's also like an obsessive also look at this too he same thing he has his juno conjunct his saturn and saturn and sagittarius this is like a literal clan of people who are nothing without their wives and spend their lives trying to overcompensate for it like that's like baseline Mm, well said but his son has chiron mars venus neptune Pallas athena south node all in pisces opposite this moon north node virgo conjunction trying his son pluto and cap i think this kid is it's going to you There's know potential for hope there is because it's sort of like he has the opportunity to actually take back real status and actually mm-hmm. cleanse the soul of this family line and i think you know he doesn't have other than it being by declination, right? So same as Julian Hammer, he has Chiron and Uranus in the signs next to each other, but he does have his Uranus and his Ceres together. And then it's opposite this Libra. Yeah, Jupiter. I noticed that. Instead and there's also a- no Gemini that we know of at the moment. Maybe he's Gemini rising, but- for- I hope he's not. I mean, like- it makes sense. He is actually, if, if the 29 degree is accurate for his father, then that could be- the the end like you like you said the end of that gemini story yeah i mean i think that like ultimately what this sun's chart is doing is taking back power confidence actual status north node in virgo cleansing the soul he's gonna have a tough couple of party years where he's gonna go he's gonna have some troubles but i think that this kid is here to face the abuse that has had generations of his family dissociated from reality gonna be sensitive to it if he doesn't heal the danger here is that he becomes like just like literally the next Jonestown or something like the Virgo Pisces axis is arguably the most abusive axis you know it's like what are you controlling on earth what are you escaping to where what is your master what are you devoted to where are you using spirit where are you using spirit but I also think I mean one of the things that we didn't really touch on but and it's not super significant but I think the Virgo role like it's not just a Gemini story it's Virgo season and we have you know that Virgo square that Gemini energy in both army hammer in Michael hammer and now the moon and north node of Ford of the sun moon in Virgo he actually is going to care about cleansing and being pure of soul and staying connected to health and the body and the mother I think this could be the generation that changes it. I would, I would hope. I do think it's so interesting that this is literally just generations of people that have Juno conjunct Saturn. So there is going to be something. I don't know. He's going to find some and Meghan Saturn Markle. Sagittarius. He's going to find some Meghan Markle that's going to take him to the UK to restart or something. Like I think that he's in a sort of like a Ronan Pharaoh kind of way. His North Node is exactly conjunct Army's Sun, and his Moon yeah. is conjunct Army's IC. So also like even just the fact that Army is at least young enough. Sort of and facing this publicly enough i mean hopefully they can't just pay to get him out of this which they sort of already have he's gone to rehab they're pretending he was like i wouldn't be surprised if if that's how it unfolds because that's just the way it is there's cancel culture and then the backlash to cancel culture is like no cancel culture and so that it's basically just like rehiring all the abusers and it's like oh my god (laughs) 
what do you see like for him in the next few months? How does this play out? Any, any thoughts you have on what we can, what we should expect? Yeah. Well, I mean, we, we obviously Mars in Gemini, you know, being in Gemini until like what, like next March, March. 2023 now, because it's approaching its retrograde phase. So um, it's going to be in, in Gemini total for like around eight months. And that's a really long time. So the, the planet of, of action and drive and sexual energy in his 12th house where his moon and Lilith and Chiron are. I mean, they've already started to go over those, but then it's just going to sit like around 25 degrees or something like that. I know that I, I checked on that because I was trying to see if it was going to like sit on any of my like asteroids or like North node or Mars. 25 degrees Gemini. Yeah. Yeah. So it's going to sit there for a while and it's definitely going to come back over Chiron. So that'll be an interesting date to look at Um, when it's retrograde, when it goes over Chiron in his chart, we could take a look at that. And then when it retrogrades back over, so we know that like whatever comes out that day, probably in the news because we got this docuseries happening then when it's retrograde we're gonna take another look at that either he does something like is compelled to in real time get caught doing something or more stories come out that are like even crazier than we have heard so far or like yeah you know definitely having definitely involving women because of Lilith Oh, right. Yeah. So some kind of like assault on on women with Mars being yeah. there. Yeah. So yeah, I'm there's looking gonna be secrets to that come out of the closet. 13, 14, 19, 20. So September 30th on, on Friday, September 30th. So probably Saturday, September 31st. Is there a September 31st? No. October 1st. So that's when Mars will be at 20, 20 degrees Gemini. So it's, so it's basically like when Mars is 20 degree Gemini, we may like hear some news or he might actually do. I think that's where he would like do something or there would be an event that comes out or like that's right. Yeah. Let's like just look a little bit further. So then when it's retrograde, it'll only be retrograde at 20 degrees for like two days or so. That's interesting. November yeah, but does 26th. It get back, but does it get back so to 15? Around Thanksgiving, November 26th. Yes, it does go to 15 for also two days, December 8th and 9th. It'll be at 15 degrees. And what is it on January 1st? Where is Mars? uh eight degrees january 1st it's at eight degrees in retrograde because it'll then go forward right so it's interesting it doesn't quite reach four degrees or three degrees which kind of it's almost like his ego and his marriage are sort of like that's not what's being adjusted now now it's going to be more about like more stories that come out about him and how it actually like changes his life or what the response is to what we do with a predator. I think that's sort of part of what he's going to show us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What's important to keep in mind in looking at these charts is that we're, we're, we understand who we're looking at, the character, uh, their behavior and, and choices that they've made actions that we understand and know are true. Right. We're looking at it retroactively. Yeah. And now we're looking at the the chart, understanding that these kinds of things have unfolded. This kind of character has developed through the potential that we see, but that doesn't necessarily mean that 
anyone with those same kinds of transits and planets in those same places, anyone with that kind of chart, anyone else would become this psychosexual predator. We make our own choices and uh, it's the idea of nature versus nurture. The 3D, the nature of the 3D is that we have like somatic Virgo sixth house experiences that interplay with the the cosmic essence of creating totally different storylines for everything. I mean, Army Hammer actually was born on on a day the one of my very favorite and should have married ex-boyfriends, like who's the sweetest thing in the world. So it literally is just, you know, it's not just the chart and the time, but it's like the, you know, the context and the the, the nurture the of environment the environment, you know, and completely. Who- who their parents were, who raised them, the, the experiences and how it uh, imprinted them, how it programmed them. Right. And they're like, all like, programmings that we're talking about. And then the decisions that they make afterwards, just because you were sexually abused doesn't mean that you're necessarily going to choose and make the decision to abuse the people around you. Yes, that is common human behavior. That is human history. Unfortunately, humans are disgusting. I'll say it all day long, but we still have, we still have the choice. We still have free will just because something bad happened to you. Doesn't mean that you have to do that to other people. Agree completely. Last thing I want to say is check out Army's current progressions. So he's now a 29 degree cancer rising. He is having to be super duper protective of what's really going on. His progressed moon is a new moon with Athena in Libra in the third house. Moon and Athena conjunct. And what's interesting too, though, is that you have Chiron and Lilith have moved into the 11th house where Mars is going to be like going back and forth over it, basically exposing this psychic wound that he has been 12th house concealing it's exposing it to the public that's actually what Mm. is going to you know be on display and what the mars energy is working with it's opposite his fifth house so it will affect the relationship that he has with his children that he has with his sexual partners that he has with his wife that he has with his ability to feel free his his sense of adventure his mars is at 27 degrees basically exactly conjunct where pluto is currently retrograding at the end of uh, Capricorn in the sixth mm-hmm. house, the Virgo house. So it's almost like, you know, Pluto trans Pluto retrograde transiting Mars. It's like, there is a rethinking of, I mean, I don't know. It'll be really interesting to see what happens, but there's a rethinking of, and an unearthing of the old habits and the old drives and the old motivators that he has become accustomed to impulsively following i think yeah it's interesting to look at and you know as a as a thought exercise oh yeah we have no fucking clue um (laughs) but uh i also want to reiterate that i i don't like these guys (laughs) fuck these guys dude (laughs) fuck these fucking guys motherfuckers we just dove deep into these charts we know them inside and out now and Mm. they can go fuck themselves Space trash. Trash in space. Space trash. Lifestyles of the rich and Uranus. Space trash. Celebrities, they're trash. But the astrology can help us understand. Transmission incoming. 